I got some baffling behind me, so I don't know if that makes any difference. You do sound really confused. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. Hey, Dave. I, uh, I've been uh, by my mailbox, and I haven't... Uh, seen any uh jaffa cakes or uh, cherry ripes or uh, uh yes. dairy milk snacks or uh, boost bars or ginger nuts from by arnett <laughs> haven't seen any bullets no chomps no violet crumbles dave i haven't seen any caramel koalas or uh, mars pods or uh, uh fantales uh or, 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 what, what's up with that well and i was trying to inspire your your own dr seuss book and i'm glad it worked Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Glad it worked. No, they are still sitting in their box here. I have not touched them myself. While I was uh, working on um, listening party last week, I was sorely tempted to open it up, but um, it's still sitting there uh, untouched. I need to go through and, and you know just divide them out for us. So sorry, I just I've been kind of busy and I, and I meant to do it last weekend, but uh, painting is which is my number one priority right now. <laughs> is, oh, you're you're painting. What are you painting? I'm painting the kitchen cabinets. It's, oh, okay. It's a long eternal project. Uh, so just just because I've been doing, I mean, I'm doing it in phases. Mm-hmm. So phase one was kind of a combination of remove all the cupboard doors and strip all the cupboards. Man, that's a phase in itself. Phase all the upper cupboards, like phase, sorry, clean out all the upper upper cupboards. And I guess I'll say phase two then. Phase two was then to paint those upper cupboards. So I painted all of those and that took me, you know, a couple of days because you don't realize like... You see my kitchen. It's not a huge kitchen, and I'm not, I don't. I don't have a wealth of cabinets, but just painting the upper cabinets and then one and a half coats of the lower cabinets. I've used an entire like four liters of paint, like or mm. or a gallon if you prefer, like entire. Yeah, so it's a lot of a lot of paint because you don't realize that you're not just painting the outside. You're painting the inside. You're painting the shelves. You know, you're painting the top and bottom of it not the top very top of it but you know the, the sort of the ceiling of the inside of it and then the floor of it and then the bottom of that and and it just it's just it's a lot of paint so and then it has to cure for seven days before you can like put everything back in it so then you know I'm, i kind of put everything on hold because i don't want to then i already have all every one of our plates and pie plates and everything just everything's all piled up around so i don't want to start then taking all the pots and pans out until that's cleaned up so then after a week all that stuff went back in, and then I cleaned out the lower ones. Meanwhile, I did the drawers. I took out the drawers and repainted those. And then now I'm working on the, the bottom stuff, which I thought would be really easy. I was like, oh, this will be a cinch because there's no there's no tiny shelves and stuff in them. And then, and then, are you looking at yeah. painting cupboards? And then... Uh, a little bit. <laughs> and then, but though that's also difficult because it's not that they're as complex as the upper ones but they're bigger and the under the sink one of course was a mess because that's where the garbage is and you just kind of like throw stuff in there and you don't think about it till you have to paint it so i had to take you know clean all that out and then it has all these pipes and dangly things in it from the from the um the the pull out pull out faucet and stuff so it's like ah and then the the hose to the dishwasher you know it's just like a big and then the other cabinet like i could really i could crawl into the other cabinet like it's just like this corner that's like it feels like a waste because you just push everything into the back of it and it's just ginormous. But painting that was just a pain because I really did have to like crawl inside and then flip myself upside down and then paint the top of it and then you know and I I would come out I would just I was just covered in paint because my arms would accidentally brush some part I'd already painted even though I tried to like do it in segments where I wouldn't be and ugh 
and then I ran out of paint. So <laughs> it's been a real, yeah. So so you're saying this is why I get no chocolate? Okay, all right, yeah, good. Yeah, this all makes sense. All right, sure. I'm glad you're on my on on the page on that page with me. Yeah. <laughs> also, I needed to do um do listening party on Saturday, so I was researching for that, and then uh, so I did, recorded that on Saturday with Mary, and then. Well, why, why don't you mention what listening party is for people who don't know what that what that's about? Well, I do think everyone knows what it is, but if by some chance you have not heard of listening party every show is a new show to somebody yeah. <laughs> i guess so uh listening party is a podcast i do with my daughter mary and what we do is we go through mixtapes that i made for sneaky dragon listeners who are kind enough to send me cdrs and i made this uh wealth of or not wealth what is the word i'm looking for this plethora, this plethora of songs good thank you that's a good word this plethora of songs for 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 listeners and so mary and i've been listening to them and kind of going through them and and talking about them and it's a lot of fun and so the the latest one just dropped and we did we did a mixtape for our listener pierce johnson who oh, cool. if you remember back a few christmases ago he sent he sent me some running shoes and he sent you some cash money and we were happy with both that's great were you drinking? Money's, money, money's good in, the, the, in this day and age. It is very it's, good. It is very yeah, good. Yeah, though, though not cash, because if you ventured out and tried to pay for anything with cash, uh, people uh, recoil in horror. Is that right? Is that oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to get some cat food the other day uh, with money and uh, no dice. No, just no good. So then I went to the bank machine to put my money in the bank machine, yeah. and the bank machine just told me to fuck off. I just like <laughs> spit it out like it was just poison. Really? Yeah, just no. That makes no sense. And I've done that at many, uh, like I go to TD, uh, Toronto Dominion Bank, yeah. and uh, nope, bleh, out it goes. Huh. Yep, they won't uh, They won't take cash. So uh, so yeah, so I got some cash in my pocket that's uh, worthless, because that's the, uh, <laughs> the, weird, the weird times we live in. Maybe if you encased it in plastic, like if you wrapped it in shrink wrap and gave it to people, it would be okay. Maybe if I just put shrink wrap in the bank machine, maybe that would trick them. And I just wrote on it money. We'll see if that uh, if that gets them. What blows my mind nowadays is that you can just take a photograph of a check and then it's considered cashed. Well, not me. Nope. Uh, we're uh, we're what what happened with us is because uh, uh, we we get American checks. Ah, uh, it doesn't work that do way. Stuff hey? uh, for like the New Yorker. They'll give us a check, and it's nice too because they changed who gives us the checks recently. So that reset everything. It was beautiful, mm. and uh, we got a lot of stuff in the bank going like, eh. uh, <laughs> but we don't even really get to see the bankers really uh, for much. So, so what we have to have to do now is uh, the bank by our place closed because of you know uh, pandemic. Yeah. So got to go uh, four kilometers into the one town over into Burnaby, uh, and then get into a lineup. Uh, that's like at least an hour yeah. outside. Wow, really? Uh, an hour? And if, it's, and if it's the beginning of the month, we tried doing it at the beginning of the month, and that was just, no, there's just no, there was just no way. It went down the block, <laughs> it went into the alley, and it went as far as you could see, like outside. Wow. Like like it was a line for Batman in the 80s. Uh, so we <laughs> would say, let's go to another bank and see if it's that long there. And we went to another one, and it was longer. I was like, geez. So I don't even I don't know how the elderly are dealing with this. Like, uh, so we, we finally we did get into the into the lineup uh, this this time around, yeah. and uh, we did we you know made it through, and it was you know it, it they they cashed everything, which was good. But you know we've got a little bit of time to do that. But like I don't know how people how people do it. I don't know what they do. Well, my question is, or more more to the point is, why are they doing it? Like like most, I don't think I. I don't think I've gone to the bank other than 
you know, for major transactions or things, you know, nor- irritating things like getting a new debit card or something. I think it's I also think a lot of times for you'd have ages. to wait. You'd have, yeah, you'd have to wait for a check to be processed. You know, uh, if you put it in through the bank machine or if you do it maybe with a photograph or you do uh, it. No, you know. it, it gives you a certain, it gives you a percentage. You can't cash all of it, but you can, you can get a percentage of it back. Okay. So they do trust you unless you have like a flagged account. It might be a bunch of flagged accounts. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Well, so. I just know every time that we go in, like basically it's very random. Like the the account that uh, that we use, we've had now for about maybe 15 years. Yeah. And uh, it'll be something new every time we'll go in and we'll like cash a check. And it's a check that we have cashed for 10 years. And they'll go, yeah, we can't cash the – we'll have to put a hold on it for 10 days. I'm like, well, no, it's never been a hold on it for this <laughs> amount of time. What's the difference? Well, it's just, you know, because it's – and like, well, no, you just this is just make em ups. Yeah. So, you know, traditionally what we would do is we'd go, well, all right, well, you do what you do. We'll go take it somewhere else. Yeah. And uh, and they'll they'll look at us like, well, good luck with that. Then we'll go to the next <laughs> bank over and they'll go, yeah, we'll put it through. Why wouldn't we? And like, this is great. This is the consistency that makes me think uh, that my bank is random and it's all just, you know, yeah. so yeah. Uh, Weird. So, uh, so, so, fooey, fooey on the system right now. I, I will be very happy when the bank uh, by our place uh, opens up again. It's like, it's like a block from our house. Mm. Uh, otherwise, we gotta find a way of getting to this other thing that's like four kilometers away. Terrible. It's dumb. It really is dumb. It's, well, it doesn't make sense because you live in a populous area. Like, why would they? Close? It's not like it's like a. Is it? A, is it a busy? A busy? Um, whatever they call it. Branch. Is it a busy branch there? I don't know. I think I think they just shut down a bunch of the, the branches, mm. you know, for for your uh, health reasons, as you do. And uh, now things are little by little reopening now a bit more. Like here in BC, uh, we're going into surely what they call the phase two, and so certain things are opening. Yeah. But they're op- but they're opening in a weird way. Like they're uh, like hair salons are opening. But I know people who are hairdressers who are going. What? How? <laughs> How do you figure? Well, you're opening. Like, uh, are we now? Because, huh? Well, I was, and uh, I was actually reading hmm. an article about it in the paper this morning. Oh, what was the? Uh, what was the news? First of all, good for you supporting newspapers. That's nice. <laughs> well, it's very nice to sit and read it because I'm a I'm a reader, so I like to read, mm-hmm. and uh, and I don't enjoy I don't enjoy reading off of electronic devices. So the paper suits my my eyes perfectly. But um, <clears throat> this was an article about Manitoba our distant province to to the east who has um i guess semi-distant they're not the farthest away but you know what i mean anyway so they they uh, are now going into their own phase two and they were talking about the hair salons there and there was one they were talking to that i sounded like a very busy place because they, they said they had like 40 chairs in it which struck me as rather odd i don't think wow I, that is that's a lot I of chairs don't think i've ever heard of a place like that so yeah so but they only have half of them open so yeah there's, there's a chair between each person and you could only be in there if you're getting your hair cut there's no waiting inside so basically you arrive you let them know that you're there and when it's time for you to go in for your cut they'll call you or you know gesture you in i suppose and then you can you come in get your hair cut and then you leave again Mm -hmm. so i guess the idea is to keep as you know and then you also have to wear a mask when you're there you can't uh you can't um just come in and and hang out no lollygagging (laughs) no lollygagging yeah, you can't go to the gentleman's barber shop and pick up an old copy of Playboy and <laughs> just give your political opinions on how things are going on in the world. Yeah, exactly. Those days are which over. is exactly how you and I would spend every Monday. 
we would always do that because oh. we are men. We are men, and that's what that, we do. I thought that was our Thursday. <laughs> oh well, I, I, you do a Thursday as well. That's fine. Well, we do it together on Thursdays. So you like it? Well, that's basically what we do here. I, <laughs> I know. I was thinking, like, how do you, how would you do it? Like, uh, like you could maybe have like a haircutting coach, and they mm. give you the scissors, and they sit, stand across the room and just go uh, higher, lower, was, no. Well, there you cut, go. Cut now. Cut now. That was also in the paper this morning. There is a local hairstylist who will give you advice online uh in in real time as you cut hair he'll give you advice to oh is that right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know how helpful it is because you know i mean it's one of those things where you're like hair cutting how hard can it be anyone can do it and then you know, someone cuts your hair and it, you look like an insane person you're <laughs> like well i guess it is more difficult than you think you know like it's easy just to like trim your bangs you think but you know we have a, a famous bang disaster here at home where lisa trimmed eaves bangs and it's that thing of you know you stretch the bangs down cut them mm-hmm. and then they you cut them and then they spring back to their normal place which is you know like an inch higher than you thought they were and so suddenly right. you know eve looked like she'd well gotten in gotten a fight with a lawnmower as the classic joke says <laughs> yeah i just like i just like classic yeah famous <laughs> famous bang disaster <laughs> There's a plaque outside it's, of your yeah, home. Yeah, there is. On this day. Is this, what, is this, was this the Halifax explosion? No, no, this is that's on the other side of the country. Yeah. This is the home this, of the famous bang disaster. This is more this is more terrible than the, the Halifax the health explosion, you know, it was it was terrible, but nothing like nothing like the, the horror of a, of a small a young girl having to go to, to school the next day with that haircut. Yeah, it's like, uh, and you can say, like, well, why don't you tell me about it? It's like I could tell you about it, or you could hear Gordon Lightfoot sing about it. Gordon and then it goes into it just like spins the yarn sorry i was are you eating chocolate are you eating australian chocolate i'm not eating australian chocolate i'm eating my mr freeze all right it sounds like i don't know that sounded a lot like australian chocolate to me (laughs) i I can send you a picture of it later on i'll send you a picture of it looking nice that sounded like a wang wig (laughs) and a little root with snuffler's choice (laughs) yes you're right it did have a little bit of that sound to it, but it's not. It's a cherry-flavored Mr. Freeze. I had the dumbest joke wake me up last night where uh, I just woke up and I just thought of, like, you know, uh, Laffy Taffy, and it's like, uh, Laffy Taffy. Yeah, it's like, uh, couldn't afford that, so we always had depression fudge. <laughs> like, well, that's the dumbest joke. Should you write it down? I don't know. If I remember it, I remember it. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> but yeah. my intense and by i know i know everyone wants wouldn't, to hear my sorry my, wouldn't, they, wouldn't they have called it fudgy drudgy or something like that like, oh fudgy drudgy is good drudge fudge is good yeah it's just a it's very yeah drudge fudge is 100 percent better and and really australian sounding in fact i say check through that box if there's not some drudge fudge in there uh we, we, yeah, we Kane, got ripped off uh Kanan, uh just forgot it <laughs> Now the, the the weird dream that I had because of course we live in weird dreamland now yeah, yeah. Uh, except for you do don't remember your dreams mm, um, that's true I uh, I had a dream where uh, it was like oh you got to go back for the last day of school just for the last day of school and mm. uh, they had a poster and the poster was a bunch of pickle jars and it was all kids like inside pickle jars and they would have to push the pickle jars over domino style and if you were missing. Well, the pickle jars wouldn't all fall over and the <laughs> celebration would be ruined. And the final pickle jar had a pickle that just shot up into space. And that was showing you go, going towards your future. But like, you know, y'all, y'all got to be good pickles and show up for the last day of school. And I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> 
Really? You skipped out? Yeah, I decided not to. I just thought it was a bad idea. There, are, wanna... there are a few hundred kids trapped in pickle jars. Yeah, waiting maybe for that... you. I think uh, I think there's because therapists are now uh, allowed to see people in person. Yeah. Uh, again, is there's going to be a lot of people telling their dreams to therapists, and therapists are just going to be throwing up their books and going, "I don't fucking know. This is just crazy. It's nuts." And I don't mean you're crazy. I'm just saying dreams are crazy now. Don't don't tell me your dreams. There's no one analyzing this. Forget it. Just it's all it's all bananas. It's all random. I don't know. A maniac is running things now in your head. Forget it. Just mm-hmm. uh, move on. Move on with your life. Tell me tell me other things, and uh, and they'll go on. Interesting. Interesting. Actually, you say that because Lisa woke up. Was it yesterday morning? Maybe. Yeah, yesterday morning she woke up crying, and she wasn't. It wasn't a sad crying. She was happy crying. Because you'd had a visit, visit from a person dream. Have you ever had a dream like that where someone that you love who's gone? Yeah. Yep. It happened with my mother-in-law. She came to me in a dream one time. And they are super special dreams, obviously, because it's not just them in the dream. It's like your whole sense memory of them. Yep. So you can smell them. You can feel their warmth. They're, it's them talking to you. It's their, you know, their consciousness feels like it's like I can understand like having had one of those dreams why people feel like they've actually been visited by someone in their dream because it is so vivid and it's so much of your memory of that person and it's just when you wake up you they're still with you in a way it's just a really it's a it's a great dream so anyway she woke up she got visited by her her aunt who passed away last year and she had a dream where she lisa was somewhere and she just kind of walked in it was like a she was teaching she was doing writing lessons or something and her aunt just walked in and talked to her then said come and visit me this new year's and then, yeah, and she woke up, and she's just so overwhelmed by it that she started crying. Oh, yeah, yeah, which is the opposite of when I woke up from my vivid dream of my talking with my mother-in-law, and I woke up and I was just like so heartwarmed by it. And I turned to Lisa and I said, "Oh my God, I just had like the most beautiful dream of talking to your mother, and it just feels like she was right here with me, and I can still like sm- smell her and feel her warmth." And she goes, "Oh, I just had a dream about Don and Heidi, Don and uh, Heidi Tellis, who own Tellis." <laughs> Okay, not quite the same as my dream. And what okay. did they say? Yeah. Pay your bill. <laughs> really? Yeah, they're getting into dreams now. They're really pressing right. you to pay your bill. I don't know if there is really a Don and Heidi Tellus who own Tellus, but uh, anyway, Lisa met them in a dream. Were they nice? Not not to not, not to like poo poo uh, any other dreams, but like I just wonder what those fake Tellus people were like. <laughs> yeah, you see, you're more interested in that than the fact that my mother-in-law came and visited me, and it was so special. Did she did she tell you anything or was there a... No, she I mean she didn't I mean I can't remember that part of it like but she did talk to me like she, like my mother-in-law would talk to me which is was such, she was like a beautiful woman who's so warm and loving so it was just like it was just that feeling you know and when I woke up I just had that that feeling of just like oh so nice and you know so many it was probably 3 years after she passed away nice. and it was just like such a nice feeling to have spoken to her once again cuz you know I've still miss her to this day but especially then you know you missed her so keenly because she had been with us only three years before you know and so it just felt like it was like this nice little feeling of oh you know her wisdom her love everything just kind of for you it's a very nice feeling but no yeah, match had... no match for don and heidi Tellis. yeah yeah to say it'd be interesting if you had like free Tellus after that and was like what yeah i dreamt <laughs> it and then it happened <laughs> that would have been impressive creepy like uh, i've had i've had dreams like that with with my dad where okay. we kind of like hash things out a little bit really? and uh yeah, yeah. and then i've also i had like and i drew this one once like in a comic of mine where i um was in a mall and i saw my grandfather and he was like working as a janitor in the mall 
And he both was my grandfather and wasn't my grandfather. And he uh, he just wanted to give me some advice, which is about like the best times in your life. Or uh, he said it was like when you're riding the wild water, and it's like that's the time the things are out of control, and you'll be scared, and you won't know what's going on. But when you look back on it, those were the best times. So you know, don't be afraid of them when you're riding the wild water. And that's uh, great. And then, that's great advice. Yeah, fantastic advice. Yeah, it's the time. It's it's what you try to avoid in life, but it's the it's the things that actually make make uh, you know maybe it's not the things that just make the life. Quiet times are good as well. Quiet I, times I are good too, but those. that those sort of things are what bring change to your life that can sometimes be very important. You know. Those... Yeah, you take you take your risks. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you 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 try things, and he I think that really was his thing. He was he was that kind of a he was that kind of a person. He would like to take a risk uh and, and and what have you yeah huh. it'd be, it'd be he would have been an interesting guy to know as an adult i would like to think mm. that we would get along but it's so yeah. hard to tell he was yeah. from such a different era sure um i i mean i my my grandmother had dementias but uh she did kind of know me as an adult yeah uh, and she was still very supportive in the things i i did when she kind of understood them yeah and i could tell that she you know just straight out loved me unconditionally sure uh, but uh, yeah i'd be curious like with my grandfather whether whether or not we would have uh, got on well let's say yes all right sure <laughs> if you got on i feel like if you get a if you Get your if you get your children or you get your grandchildren, then you're going to get them as adults, you know. Yeah, I think I think I would have got along even more with my grandmother because she was the joker mm. in the, in the fan, she she was she's the one with the best sense of humor. Sure. Uh, so uh, I, yeah, I think I think uh, we would have got on pretty good. Uh, you know, if if she was fully herself when we when we knew each other as adults. But you know, they were there for me when I was a kid, so you know. They they were great, and I uh, appreciate uh, a big part of who I am and what I am is uh, is them. Before I had uh, the internet encouraging me, I had them. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, they were the internet of their time. Also, you could ask him anything, and he'd know everything. He read the encyclopedia a couple of times. <laughs> That's good. There was very few things that he would not know, and he's one of these guys who'd you know do the crossword puzzle in mm. ink and yeah, could yeah. probably. Write a crossword puzzle for you afterwards as well. <laughs> One of those classic British autodidacts. Yeah, it's it's that's a real like British. Up, that seems like a real British thing. I, I feel. I grew up with a lot of people that knew a lot of things. <laughs> you know that that was just the standard thing. Was just yeah. a historical thing came on, or there was like say uh, like a Jeopardy or something was on TV. They yeah. know every answer. Like mm. it was un- unquestionable that they would know every single answer <laughs> unless it was a a modern pulp, pop culture thing, and then I'd get it, and they'd be like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you got him. Okay, I'm just yeah. going to take a brief pause. I have to tip this uh, plastic container of, of fluid into my mouth from the Mr. Freezy. Please. Ah, that's very good. Nothing like that uh, sweet, you know, just that really, like, uh, what is it called, where it's like a concentrated, you know, concentrated sugar juice at the bottom of it mm-hmm. with, the, with, the, with, the, with the bitter cherry flavor as well. Nummy. Anyway, well, I'm out of things to, to munch on while I'm listening. But anyway, that was, uh, that was, that's interesting because I did not, I feel like my, you know, I think my grandmothers loved us, but my one grandmother loved us from a distance, even though she lived very close to us. Um, they both lived in the same area, actually. They both lived in Burnaby, but okay. I feel like she was, she much preferred to know us from a distance rather than, like, we never went there for dinner. I think, I can't, I can't remember, I remember eating there once as a kid. Like going there and her saying, "Oh, I'll make you some dinner or make you some lunch." 
Her lunch was uh, lettuce and peanut butter sandwiches, which I know that sounds terrible, but are actually pretty good. And then... yeah, it, sa- it sounds very much like it's from a different era. Yeah, <laughs> but it's good. It's good. No, it's smooth and it's crunchy and it's fine. Yeah. It gives you enough. It gives you it gives you a little something that's like. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. so you're not just eating all soft. Sure. I understand. I, I I get it. It makes sense. Yeah. When you have to raise seven children, you need to have things that are not expensive to feed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but whereas my other grandmother was more, much more uh, entertainer. Like we went, we went there. I don't mean in terms of like de- you know doing soft shoe, but she always we always <laughs> we went there. Every, you know, so many Sundays in a row. Like when I was a kid, like often we went there so so often for 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 dinner, and she would quite often make us um, Cornish pasties, these big ones too, like a, a plate-sized Cornish pasty with mm. meat and potatoes, which I loved. And But out, outside of that, she was not like a really demonstrative person though. Like she did not, she wasn't a hugger. She wasn't, she didn't really talk to us very much, you know. So her, her gestures of love were strictly practical, like feeding you or taking you fishing or something, you know. So, and yeah, it's, it's interesting. I don't, like when people talk about movies, or or, or, or let's, not say, let's not say movies, but when people talk about like like entertainment, like media or whatever, they, you know, often say like, well, I guess it, movies is more important. The idea of being like you show, don't tell, right? Like if someone's evil, don't just say, oh, that guy's a bad guy. You have to show that they're evil. Otherwise, you don't really get it from the movie, right? Like you can you're, say, you're having, by the way, you're having a hissing in the background, like uh, someone is squirting water in your mouth at the dentist right now. <laughs> you know what that would be? I think that's someone's. Uh, there, there's a weed eater nearby okay very good sorry i have my windows open because it's really hot out oh no that's okay every song i just say you're talking and it's <laughs> whoosh, whoosh, sorry. like is, is he getting some dental work yeah in while this is I'm, going at, on? I'm at the dentist right no wait uh, yeah that's no, fine okay very good. so uh, um so yeah so you show you know what i mean like so you have to show that someone's evil you just can't tell them that but it's funny like it feels to me like it's opposite in human interaction that that sometimes you need to tell someone that they're loved you can't just be like you can't just like make them dinner <laughs> that's supposed to like signify that you love them you know what i mean like affection has to be has to be said or demonstrated in some way like hugs or or you know yeah you know I mean, right? hugs i'll give you like i'm trying to think like with my dad uh i'm trying to think of a time that he said uh, i love you and I, I can't really think of that and i'm trying to think like how that would have worked like i don't know what would have led to that like it feels like that would have to be a real long conversation about mm. something else before that comes up. Like that would have had to have been us working on something together or going on a long drive and then him going, you know, my dad never told me he loved me. Like that, it would have to be something like that. Like he would have had to sure. like crack that window somehow. And then, and then uh, things would have flown, flown in. But like, I can't see how, yeah, it just would have been, uh, it would have been so difficult. But I can't. Uh, I yeah, but it's only difficult because it's not established. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if he'd done it from when you were little, it'd be no. Of course, I'm sure you did with the girls. Oh yeah, the girls, the girls know every which way that that they're loved. But that was a conscious thing. That was like a reaction to how I was brought up. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you're yeah. you're responding to something mm-hmm. active there. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, my dad. Of course, has grown up. You know, like my grand when you know. He's uh, got me, he's raising me in like the late 60s, early 70s. And it's like, yeah, do you say that then? Do you, you know, he was, when he was a kid, he was growing up in like the 40s and 50s. It's like, you didn't, you didn't say that. It would never get brought up. I know it's true. But I mean, I, I grew up in that too, but you know, I think you can make a conscious 
decision to to reject that yeah which wasn't like really he'd say, he'd say probably like his dad would probably tell him he loved him if he died in the war that would be a thing it's like <laughs> okay. i always loved him and then yeah. uh, you know kick some dirt on the grave and uh move on with your life wash your hands yeah and then yeah. uh on with things stiff off your lip what what have you for sure have scotch i think uh well i was kind of lucky well i shouldn't say lucky but i guess the lucky lucky thing for me was getting cancer when we found out i had cancer it was a very emotional moment, of course, and both my mom and my dad hugged me, and my dad said he loved me in that moment, you know. So that was, yeah. you know, so up to that point, obviously, it was kind of, they were very, you know, my dad also grew up in a strict, you know, no affection shown kind of family, and, and you know, you, it was if a, a slap across the face came faster than a, than a I love you, you know. Yeah. And all the classic stories of, you know, my grandpa my dad's side hitting someone in the family and blood squirting across the table or something or Jeez. one of the kids getting stabbed with a fork at t- dinner in the hand and stuff so there's yeah so they're like they lived in abuse so i think like like so in terms of like my dad did make the conscious choice i'm not going to be that kind of dad you know like i'm not going to be an abusive father so right. I mean, that's like a huge step forward i guess too so maybe he couldn't make that next step in terms of maybe that's for my generation to make that next step to go, I'm not going to be an abusive father. And I'm also going to tell my kids that I love them, you know? So, so hopefully yeah, the like, next one is even a different step forward in some other way that I haven't, I haven't yet thought of. Yeah. The only apology I ever got from my dad was uh, him telling me he shouldn't have said I was stupid mm. uh, at one point. And uh, you know, it, like he was, he was a slapper. He was like abusive. Uh, and I think he might've even been abusive during that, that incident that we're talking but then afterwards he like called me into the room and and apologized for calling me stupid and i remember at the time thinking well that's the least of it <laughs> like that's i don't i don't i don't care about being called a name i just yeah. don't want the other stuff you know i can take it i can take a name isn't that interesting so he obviously in his mind you know corporal punishment was perfectly okay and so you merited corporal punishment I don't think, here's the thing, I think they had the, and this is something that came up later on, mm. was, you know, my mom saying that they didn't believe in corporal punishment. <laughs> and I think, and, and, and yeah, the, so, you know, so my you got joke, sergeant punishment. Yeah, my, my, my joke on that was like, oh, so I just spent like uh, about uh, 12 years in a fight that I didn't realize was a fight. Uh, okay, well, that's good to know now. Um, but no, I, I actually do believe they believed that. Yeah. That they weren't, they would not be spanking, but my dad would get so angry that he would hit. And mm. that's not corporal punishment. That was him losing his temper. Yeah. Which yeah. was a different thing that because corporal punishment is, oh, my kid did this. Well, they're going to get a spanking. This is this is consequences for actions. Whereas mine was random violence, uh, either verbal or physical, when my dad lost his temper. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. know what would set that off. Hmm. So it's 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 something like uh, there's a doctor, Dr. Uh, Russell Kennedy, who's a, also a comedian that I know, and uh, he, he deals with anxiety. And how he got into it was he had a dad who was a schizophrenic. And so he never knew when his dad was going to lose it either. Hmm. So we had very similar backgrounds in there where you didn't know where the landmines were. And so you always had to be very careful where you were uh, where you were a stepping uh on on that and i'm still i'm still completely that way i'm still hyper aware of anyone's energy around me and how they are and you know if they get a little bit angry i'm like okay now i'm on real alert even (laughs) if i know the person isn't violent or there's no chance it's going to be violent yeah everything in me goes on fire 
And uh, it's it's one of the reasons, you know, I have a hard time doing things like uh, returning stuff to stores because I'm like, I don't want to make someone upset. I just because <laughs> I, I know cause, I cause it's so that. random. I have yeah. that too. I have that too. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my dad, my dad was a weekend drinker, so he could get kind of handsy from that. Yeah. But other than that, like, I don't feel like, but it didn't feel like it was like a program of, of, of abuse. You know what I mean? Nope. Like it just was something that happened every once in a while on the weekend. And I'm sure there's ways to avoid it. There's ways to avoid it. Yeah. And I'm sure his dad, uh, yeah. And my way to avoid it later was just to leave. Yep. There you go. Like to be gone (laughs) as much as uh, I possibly could. Yeah. Uh, and then when I and then when we moved to BC, and then I kind of got into like an abusive school system because I was just you know I was a weirdo. Yeah. And so and so I'd be getting like beat up at school, and I'd be getting beat up at home, and it was just like, well, I got to find another place to be. So I would just like leave school, and I would take a bus, and I'd go downtown, and I'd uh, work, I'd do stuff, I'd write scripts, I'd just go to the library, I'd go to movies, I'd go anywhere else that wasn't those places. Yeah. And those were my escapes, and that became my 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 place to be. But you, yeah, of course, you know that one of the one of the reasons we kind of met and hung out and became friends was one of my escapes was through sketch comedy. Yeah. And then that ended up working to our favor. And, you know, I went like, you know, maybe one day we'll do a podcast. That's what I thought when I was in high school. <laughs> okay. I think, well, you were okay. really thinking ahead. Yeah. I said to, I said to everyone around me, first of all, guys, personal computers. And they're like, <laughs> you mean like a radio shack Tandy? No, man, it's going to be great. And it's going to be an amazing thing. It's called Wi-Fi. Yeah. And you want to, wires and it's just like anything that you want to know about will be on a screen you mean like a grandpa would yeah like a grandpa would but will it be abusive oh it'll be abusive oh yes it will that'll be a thing called a message board that you won't believe but there'll also be this thing called podcasts where a couple of guys can just like talk for like hours about what you'd be surprised (laughs) you would be surprised and occasionally uh, a a nice lady will come on and uh, make fun of them during the podcast too and and that was our last episode uh and uh, yes and for her trouble she's gonna get some chocolate one of these centuries yeah you're eating all the chocolate now for sure Uh, i i'm actually throwing it to albert at the window here okay wait no that's a dog that's (laughs) well it's too late you said okay yeah, that'd be interesting. It's like, how did they bring down Capone? It was taxes. No, it turned out it was chocolate. He was definitely <laughs> allergic to chocolate. I forgot his real name was Al Capone. <laughs> oh, that's how he gets you. <laughs> and then one day he comes in and goes, hey, Dave, how you doing? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm just a little short this week. And they're like, oh, I can help you out. And he lends you a little money, and then you're on the hook to your dog. <laughs> oh, and yes. he can just smell it on you. He's just like smelling it on you. <laughs> I'm, so uh, I'm changing you, my I'm changing my theory. I think that may be a person with a with a circular saw cutting with a circular. Okay. But anyway, well, so, we can uh, we can ask our listeners, uh, you know, uh, you know what they what they think that mysterious <laughs> sound is. I mean, I personally, and I don't yeah. want to worry. It's uh, it's it sounds like a murder hornet to me. <laughs> oh, great. Yep. Well, we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry about them as much as the bees do, since they are they wipe out bee colonies. Yeah. And I didn't watch it yesterday, but there was that footage of uh, praying mantises taking care of uh, these murder hornets. So, uh, oh really? Oh, it's a graphic. Uh, oof. No, no, you Eli don't. Eli wanna... Roth watched it and went, "Yeah." <laughs> it was. Uh, he said, "I just thought of a movie, Hostel 3. Oh my gosh! By the way, I think there is. Is there a Hostel Three already, or did I, it just I stop? Know. I didn't even watch the first one. Let me just ask, Gavin: Is there a Hostel Three? <laughs> Let us know. Okay, <laughs> uh, back to back to us. But yeah, no. Uh, the 
the praying mantises take care of murder hornets and how. Oh, good. Oh, lordy. <laughs> well, what the, the murder hornets uh, go into the beehives and they chop the bees in half and then they, they turn the thorax into, they call it a like a bee meatball. So, so I was like, Ugh. oh, dear. So, you know what? They get what's coming to them. The wonderful yeah. world of nature. Yeah, it's just one of these things where, like, you know, look, we're uh, we're under lockdown, quarantine, what have you. We don't we don't need murder hornets. Let's just like save it, yeah. save it for next year. Let's not just get everything in the one year. It's okay, spread <laughs> it out. We're all fine. <laughs> it's one of those things that you know when you 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 read back in history and there's like like during the evolutionary de- evolution debates after Darwin's uh, the evolution of species was developed and and uh, the people arguing like the beauty of nature and it's having this intricate puzzle and you know it's this and how but but how beautiful and like you know because it's from god and stuff like that and you're like what (laughs) you guys look to nature it is not it is not nice it's full of nasty things like murder hornets and wasps that lay their eggs and caterpillar heads and things and yeah yeah when it gets down to that level it's just oh Okay, there's a reason they're small and we can't normally see them. Yeah, that's that's for the best. Let that all do its thing. We don't need. That's fine. We don't need to be involved in that. Yeah, we don't. That's. mm, I'm in a different department. (laughs) This is all right. There's that scene in The Fly where where Brundlefly is talking about insect politics, and you're like, "Yep, that sums it up. We don't need that. (laughs) We don't need that." Yes, that's a good movie. That the that the fly was a a much better movie than it should have been. Yeah, quite a quite a surprise. That no, one. you're right because it's not just. I mean, it has lots of great horror elements to it. It's got body horror and it's you know and it has you know, but it's and it's very tense and then it has you know that kind of slow slow uh, decline of of Seth, Seth or of, of uh, Jeff Goldman's character Seth Brundle. But, yeah, very Cronenberg-y. But it's also like a, it also has like great ideas in it, you know, like great yeah. ideas behind it, like the whole, the whole thing. Like it's not just like you're watching it, but then you're all, when you're watching it, you're also thinking to yourself, "Well, this movie is saying so much. It's amazing." So, yeah, way more than a movie that's <laughs> a remake of The Fly. No, when you watch the original, what are you is, talking about, brother? It is dumb, dumb garbage. Yeah, you think about like what it, like a remake of a horror movie, like what, like The Mummy. Okay, mm. so you get one of two things. When you get your Brandon Fraser, yeah, and like, oh, I guess okay, or Tom Cruise, ugh, that's <laughs> terrible, you know. And, and then it's like it. the the fly is like so such a worse idea to remake than than that. And it's like, no, this is great. Yeah, this is great. Okay, here we go. And then uh, the two of them, uh, what's it, Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, uh, Earth Girls are easy, and now they're all having a good time and they're dancing around, they're having a nice time later. <laughs> That's good. You good, can good watch that immediately afterwards and feel like, ah, oh, that's good. They're all having a nice time now. It's fine. Life Shake it off. Not so bad. Not and you so can bad. watch um, uh, The Fly 2 if you want. And I see a bunch of people I know get killed in gruesome ways. <laughs> it's pretty fun. That's probably the most fun I've wa- I've had watching people I know get uh, murdered. That, in, um, yeah. That feels like a movie that, like, The Fly is better than it should have been, whereas Fly 2 is worse than it could it should have been. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, it seems like, they had like a kind of an interesting idea, but they just didn't know what to do with it. Well, the fly too feels like what the fly would have normally been mm. if it had just been anyone else making it. It's like okay, it's a gross amount. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, well, that's, my, uh, this guy I know Gary Chalk, uh, who's in everything. Uh, he gets uh, squished by 
an elevator, but it's a great elevator, like a great oh, okay, elevator. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's good. So that's good, gory death. Huh. Nice. Well done. I guess that's a good question for, for listeners, since but we haven't asked the questions yet, but um, we'll try to remember it near the end, but is uh, name a horror film that is improved, uh, the remake improves on the original. I guess The Thing would also count as that, I think. I would go, uh, well, I would also, I mean, for me personally, Evil Dead 2, but that's a remake by the same person. <laughs> yeah, more of a, I mean, it is a remake, and but it's kind of a sequel. It's kind of a kind of a weird hodgepodge because it's, it's kind of like what happens next. But right. Be, but because of rights issues, they had to like remake the beginning of it just to, just to include that setup. So it, I would still consider it a sequel, even though they do have an element of remake. I would it. go with Omega Man over uh, Last Man on Earth. Okay. The Vincent Price one? Yeah. Is a bit too slow and boring? A little bit, but yeah. you know, Omega Man is a good, uh, you know, really sets up the atmosphere of that, uh, of that kind yeah. of post-apocalyptic yeah. world. But I, I feel like it kind of doesn't quite, it's not quite as true to the story as Last Man on Earth is, where he discovers, discovers, you know, how, how he's viewed, you know, like he realizes, oh, I'm just like, I'm You're the monster. I'm the monster. Yeah. I'm, I'm the, I'm the weirdo here. Everything else is normalized except for me. I'm the weird part of this. Yeah. It's an me, Vincent Price, the weirdo. <laughs> Wait, this does make a lot of sense. Ooh. Is, Excellent. But isn't Wait a minute. It strange? Am I, are you the egg guy? Are you the egg guy? <laughs> it's strange when you watch him in, in films before he has got his sort of his Dr. Fives reputation where he's just like a normal a character actor. And just playing like any kind of role, and it's not—he's not like always a creep or whatever, you know. And it's, just, it's kind of weird though, because you're like, oh, I guess this guy's a real creepy character. No, he's not. He's just—he's just played by Vincent Price, who we think of as like always playing creepy characters, just because his later career. Oh, someone's throwing some junk down now. Quiet out there. I just look at him, and uh, I always think of him and Roddy McDowell, and I go like, if there's anything that I'm watching, and either Vincent Price or Roddy McDowell show up, I'm in. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll go. Let's let's see. What do you got to do? It's always interesting choices, even if the movie's like not great. Yeah, it's like, mm, mm-hmm. all right, let's let's keep going, sure. And then uh, you know, they just seem to enjoy themselves in uh, in what they're doing. You you saying uh, Roddy McDowell made me think of Malcolm McDowell because I I watched I guess the last third of Time After Time last night. I just oh okay, we, we watched a little bit of that. Okay, I just I just happened to turn it on because I I was I just. Had been oh I mowed the lawn last night after when we because we ended up not doing the podcast on a normal night and so I thought oh well I'll just mow the lawn so I took a couple hours and mowed the lawn and did some other little yard or around the, around about the house things and then I came in and I was kind of like I need actually I need a Mister Freeze so I had a Freezy Pop thing and then I I turned on the TV and time after time was on and I was two things one is it's a pretty good film pretty good film but then also I was thinking oh man I miss the days of just turning the TV on and just sort of flipping around and finding something to watch. Like this, that kind of stumble upon culture, I think is gone. So I, mm-hmm. I miss that part of it. Like nowadays everything's curated for you. You know, that's the only way you can find something. Someone says, Oh, have you seen this show? You should watch it. You know, and you go, Oh, I guess I'll give it a watch. And then you watch I it. I think you go, that's oh, the thing. Pretty good. I think that's the thing too, is like when you go to Netflix or what have you and you see like you got infinite movies to watch or TV shows, yeah. but what they don't offer you is you turning a channel and being in the middle of something. Yeah, exactly. And then going, oh, well, let's just watch. This is a good scene. Let's just watch this scene. Exactly. All right. Jack yeah, yeah. Reacher's uh, doing some nut punches. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I want to watch this from the beginning, but I'll watch <laughs> him punch some nuts. And then you keep watching. You go like, yeah, I could watch him snipering. 
Yeah, okay, I could watch him doing this. Yeah. Okay, watch the entire movie. That's how it goes. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's uh yeah I it, well the movie channels are like that like I can and that that was what this was on I have I have like the crave package so I get like the three different movie channels that are running diff- the same movies but at different times and then and then I also have this package of it's like Hollywood Suite it's called mm-hmm. and so it has movies from the seventies movies from the eighties movies from the nineties and movies from I, the nineties yeah okay yeah. so yeah so that's kind of fun because it's like a a four tier package of different sort of stumble upon movies that could be, Oh, the witches is playing. I'll watch that. You know, and this was time after time. I was like, Oh, time after time. I'll, I'll watch time after time. And, uh, and when you said that, it made me think of Malcolm McDowell, because even if a movie is okay, he's always good in it. Cause he's such an intense actor. Like he, mm-hmm. he always gives his all to a performance. You don't feel like he's, he's lazing around, you know, there's a scene in that movie where he has to run for a payphone. Remember those? And he mm-hmm. he really runs like he's not he's not pretending he's like he's booting it. And I was like, oh, that's really good. Good putting your put the putting the effort in. And again, not to upset our boss Nina Matsumoto, yeah. but she, but he is uh, he is very watchable in the Fantasy Island remake, which is not oh, good okay. at all. But he <laughs> he chews every scene that he's in. Yeah, like, yeah. he knows. Yeah, he knows. Okay, go, and he <laughs> fully uh, fully commits to it. He knows what he's there for. Yeah, he knows. Yeah. He's he's got that killing Kirk energy. Mm. That's just like he knows. Here we go. He knows, Doctor. He knows. Sure. So did you? Um, so have you? You've seen Time After Time before? Yep. That's why you just watched a little bit of it. Yeah, just a little bit. You yeah. know what I would like is now now that we were talking about it is like because you don't want to watch a movie from the beginning all the time because like ugh, you got to watch the opening credits. <laughs> yeah, and you got to yeah. introduce yeah. the character and uh, uh, he's not getting what he wants. What they should have on Netflix or these other channels is uh, just the good scene. Okay. And it's like someone curates the best scene of every movie. <laughs> well, that's kind of YouTube, and you, really. And you, yeah, I guess so. But but in that case, you really have to then know the movie that you're going and enter that. Well, that and that's, to, yeah, you're right. You're right. What you need is you need to have like just like the posters for all these movies. And it's like just the best scene. Yeah. And like yeah. click and you click on it. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. There we go. Just that one fight, that one great fight. Like, all right, and now we're done. It's like, let's watch Bullet. It's just just the chase. Yeah. Just the chase. And it's like, how about that scene where he gets the facts for like uh, 15 minutes? <laughs> the telex. Oh, the telex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, the chase is good, but the chase actually I think is better in context than it is by itself. Okay, very good. Let me do this then. Okay. Jay. <laughs> Just the chase in But Jay. once again, the chase is so much better in context than it no, is in the No, there's film. no context. The rest of the movie is shit. <laughs> the rest of the movie is shit. You just want the chase. The rest of the movie is shit. Context. But like I was saying to Mary uh, when we were talking about mixtapes on uh, the, the last show episode of Listening Party, if anyone, it, this is a preview. This is the best scene from Listening Party, everyone. I just, I just said, you know, if everything's good, then nothing's good. Like that's the philosophical conundrum that you end up when you do something. Like if you make a movie and everything in the movie is good, then or everything in the movie is exciting, then there's no excitement in that movie. It just becomes, you're just numb to it after a while and it just becomes boring. And that's Jade. You know, like Jade, it's boring. The greatest, slowest car chase in the world. Mm-hmm. Boring movie after that. Like, you know, I think I would even say like To Live and Die in LA is like that. I, I love that movie, but it's a very, it's a very 70s film. It's a slow burner. It's full of, you know, it's got unpleasant characters doing unpleasant things to each other. And then, and then, uh, there's a fantastic, one of the greatest car chases ever filmed, and it's super exciting. And I would say this about the French Connection too. Like the French Connection is a boring movie. Like it, okay, 
like it's a it's a bit of a bore. Like if you've already seen it and you try and, watch, and you watch it again, yeah. and the idea of picking your toes in Poughkeepsie just grosses me out. <laughs> and I don't know how many times he brings it up, but I feel like twenty five. Apparently, that was uh, a real thing that Eddie Doyle would say to people. Uh, it was just a way of throwing them off off guard, like at the beginning no of an kid interview. Threw me off guard. <laughs> still chilled by it to this day. But you know what I mean, right? Like, I mean, if you watch the movie for the first time, the movie is a very good film, and it's it's exciting, and it's a it's a it's a you know it's a policier, so you know you're going through all the the rigmarole of what police do and stuff like that, and it's very true to itself. And but for sure, the car chase is like the standout mo- moment. But the reason it stands out is like everything else around it is flat. You know, like, like if every mountain in the world is as high as Mount Everest, like, who cares about Mount Everest and every other mountain? They're all the same. So it's just, you know, it's just, uh, you just need, like, you need that kind of variety. And I, I feel like what you're describing, you know, would be interesting, but I think after a while you'd you'd get kind of numb to it. And then also without the context around it, like, like you know, like if you're just watching Steve McQueen driving around fast in a car, who you who do you care about? You know, like... That's here's, the, here's the thing. I feel like, you know, we used to, by the way, uh, I, I want to talk about French Connection a little bit more after this because I oh. found out something interesting about it. Okay. Um, but uh, with with the con- with the context thing, it feels like you know we used to watch those movies that were uh, you know that's entertainment. Yeah, yeah. And it'd be like and it'd just be like the best scene in a musical, and they just yeah. show you the best yeah. scenes, and you'd like well, go through like uh, the best of Hollywood, and you'd see all the best scenes. Right. You're like that boy, I want to watch movies. And they watch the movies and they're like, okay, yeah, they're yeah. fine. There's, there's good stuff. Way, but to, I way to destroy them. my argument. <laughs> Cause those, you're right. Those films are pretty fantastic. Like as a collection of, although I do enjoy the musical as well, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of, those are good because there's a lot of like, especially later films, like singing in the rain. It's like, it's a movie that you can't, you can't knock that movie. You know, like it has one, it has one kind of soppy ballad song in it, but even there, like once again, just by my theory, you need that little kind of slowdown in the movie, but but uh, later films like the '50s, like college musicals and stuff like that, with Debbie Reynolds and, and people, Bobby Van and stuff like that, like those ones, those are those really need like to have like scenes pulled out, pulled out of them, you know, like you're sitting through some real execra- execrable stuff to get to the the real meat, you know. But that's fine too. I don't well, know. I was uh, I was gonna say with the uh, the French Connection, and again, I'm paraphrasing here because I was just watching a little thing on the making of it. Okay. They were talking about how the, you know, the big car scene. Yeah. They had to get like approval from, it was like the head of, I'm trying to remember what it was like, the head of traffic commission or something, whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, uh, you know, they, uh, they really pleaded and they went, I can't, there's no way. I was like, yeah, you can't, I can't green light this by any means. Yeah. And it's like, no, please, please. And it's like, okay, here's what I need. Uh, I need you to, it's gotta be, you gotta pay the city this amount of money. And uh, I need uh, also two tickets to Jamaica. And it's like, <laughs> what's with the two tickets to Jamaica? They're for when the movie comes out, because I'm fired. <laughs> and, and they did it. They gave him the two tickets to Jamaica. Yeah. And on the day the movie came out, he, he, he like just left for Jamaica. And yeah, he was fired. He was all kinds of fired because you cannot green light uh, that at all. Uh, but yeah, he was uh, he was fine. He was, uh, he was happy. He did it. Interesting. <laughs> That's funny because they I, I've heard the story that they had no approval at all, and they just they just did it. Oh, they did. They oh. had approval oh. from a guy. Yeah, who yeah. was enjoying his time in Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, this was on. Uh, I think this was on Turner Classic Movies. It was oh, one of these. Okay. Po- okay. You know, if you're wondering how they did this, <laughs> well, the story is. <laughs> cool. 
cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a great movie now. And of course, that's a great chase. William Friedkin uh, really knew how to cut cut a scene because those his uh, chase. He'd also directed To Live and Die in L.A., which is the first time I saw um, traffic driving driving a car driving against the traffic in a, in a chase sequence, which was um, amazing to see in that movie. Uh, used to great effect in Ronin as well, the which it was not directed by William Friedkin. That film was directed, I think, by John Frankenheimer. But anyway, okay, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay, what's the what's the sequel to the French Connection called, or is there one? There is one. It's called French Connection Two. Of all things. Okay, is is yeah. that any good, or is it just nonsense? Uh it's a continuation of the story, but it doesn't have any. It doesn't have like a a, a scene like the car chase to kind of elevate it beyond. And then it has a part where. Popeye Doyle becomes addicted to heroin. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an unpleasant part of the film. It is. It's just. It's. It's much. It feels much more like a '70s movie. Like it just has that kind of like downbeat Oops. kind of feeling to it. You know, and you're. Yeah. You're just kind of like. Bleh. Well, who needs that then? Well, yeah, that's what I say. Although I don't. Once again, because I like '70s movies a lot, I'm not. I'm not opposed to ending a movie with a, a downbeat ending. Yeah. If a podcast came out in the seventies, they'd all end very depressed. It would all end very, very sad at the end of it. Just like, you know, with a lot of silence. That's right. And uh, then just like soft music would play and that would be the end of it. Unless it was a sci-fi music uh, movie. Yeah. And then it would end with. <laughs> it would just be a guy opening a door saying you lose. Yeah. That would be the Blam. end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you maniac, you blew it up. Uh, <laughs> if you want to contact us, uh, we're at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Oh, the humanity. Why? Why? How could I have ugh, I dating my daughter the whole time? Who knew? Uh, anyway, it's uh, and on Twitter. Yeah. So on and so forth. <laughs> I don't know. I think those movies have their place, but I don't think they bear a, a rewatch. You know, like I really like the film The Parallax View with, with Warren Beatty. It's a, Gosh, I'm trying to think if I've seen that one. It's a Watergate paranoia film where he's a journalist trying to investigate an assassination. Okay. And it's a you know it's a seventies movie. It ends on a downer. When I watched it, I was like, oh, that's really good. That's a real that's a really good movie. Then the opportunity came to watch it again, and I was watching it, and it ended. And I was just like, well, that was stupid. <laughs> so was, I don't know. It didn't because you know it didn't feel. It just felt. I don't know. It just wasn't emotionally connected to it the way it was the first time. So when it ended, I was like, well, dumb. So I I think those films you know they're good the first time you watch them but they don't really bear a, a rewatch and it's not just because they're depressing but I think I think that the that element of it kind of it kind of uh, it doesn't really emotionally resonate with you the second time you watch it you just you're, also, you're there for yeah. a different reason you're there for a different reason right so yeah I think people going to movies in the seventies it was it was different they they were there for. Like, it, I, again, God bless Star Wars and, and, and what have you uh, for people coming out going, woo! But uh, I think you'd come out of a movie and just like, wow, do yeah. you want to go for coffee and talk about that movie? <laughs> I, I do. I do. Let's go get some coffee and talk yeah. about that movie. Yeah. And then uh, a couple of feet away, someone would be coming out of a porno movie <laughs> with uh, someone and go like, hi, we're adults. And we went to see a pornographic movie in a theater like people, like a normal thing that we do. Really? Yeah. How was it? <laughs> You know, it was enjoyable at first, and then weird, more weird, got numb, uh, got <laughs> ironic. Uh, we just kept watching it. Became a challenge. We kept looking at each other. Should we leave now? No, nope, still looking. A couple of guys, I think, finished and left. Uh, kept sitting there, but I don't want to go over that seat. No, neither do I. Let's just wait till this all blows over. Uh, and now it's done. Do you want to have a coffee and talk about it? Yeah, I do. Let's go get a coffee and talk about it. They go to a diner and talk. 
You know, at the end of Star Wars, you don't uh, go to a diner and talk. You just go and just run through the streets. I know you're right to a degree, but at the same time, there's the contemporaneous taxi driver, which has Robert De Niro's character taking um, that other Sybil Shepherd to a porno for for on their date. And she's horrified and and she leaves and she doesn't want to see him again. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't understand why, because that's, you know, that's kind of an indication of his characters, you know, whatever. And, um, so yeah, I, I kind of wonder if that's, if our idea of that is people actually going to those movies. It must have been a very brief heyday if that was the case, where it was just kind of like, let's do it. Let's not do that ever again. <laughs> my, my feeling is this. My feeling is this. It's, it's one of those, hey, let's go do this, uh, unless you're uptight. And I'm like, all right, I'll show you that I'm not uptight <laughs> by going to this thing. Sure. And it's like, there you go. But like if you were if you're used to going to, you know, uh, grindhouse type movies. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not a million miles different from that. It's you know, it's just you're missing the violence, but you're getting the, you know, exploitation, the you know sure. the, the thrills. Yeah. But uh, I know I just can't see going to a porno theater, sitting down and like, like to me, it's not the shock of the sex. It's just the commitment of time <laughs> of just like, oh, you got to watch 90 goddamn minutes of this. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Can I just watch a hydraulic pumping machine? Yeah. Really the same thing, isn't it, after a while? Yeah. It's like, all right. It's uh, it's a thing, I guess. You go, eh. you know, <laughs> it's always a, it was a surprise to me whenever I went back to Montreal was uh, how many porno theaters they got there. Mm. Like, and this was uh, like early 90s still. And like, what do you, what's going on? Like, there's, you've got VHS. Uh, what you, why, why is this still a thing? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. What's, what's going, what's, what's the deal? You know, uh, you know, do you not know what year it is? Well, I think it's because it was, came later uh. because of the, you know, the Catholic church was so, so omnipresent and so oppressive for so many years there that I think the kind of the sexual revolution and it's something actually that's mentioned in the fabulous film Barcelona by Whit Stillman, where okay. the character says, that the that the sexual revolution came much later to Spain, mm. and so the you know so what it had already become like sort of normalized like what it, what had kind of returned to normal in North America was still very exciting in Spain, and I think that the same thing kind of happened in Quebec where everyone else kind of was kind of like yeah we get it okay it's good and they're so like what this is the best we actually have porno theaters you know like, we never were allowed to have these before. I guess I feel that uh, after 67, like, everything just got loose. Like, I just feel like, you know, after, after you know, Montreal Expo, you know, uh, it was just like, we're Europe, baby. And then <laughs> and then you had Trudeau come in, first Trudeau. Yeah. And it was like, hey, you know, what happens in your bedroom's up to you. Go to town. Anyway, I'm going to go have some sex with Linda Boyd. And uh, I think my wife's <laughs> uh, hanging out with Mick Jagger now. You know, that's the way it is, baby. This is a Canada town. Okay. Um, two, two, yeah. two, one correction. Okay, go ahead. Fiona Boyd. Oh, Fiona Boyd. Yeah, she's the classical guitar player. And then, um, oh, I apologize. Linda, uh, Linda Boyd's another person who I actually know. I apologize to Linda Boyd. <laughs> and then, uh, and then that happened after that. That was he was he was associated with her after his his divorce. Okay, very good. But uh, I still, I do, I I know what you're saying. But I think that was Canada wide, like the sense of excitement. But I don't think, I think Quebec was still kind of caught up in its own thing it's weird I it's always, always think a different like, place right i always think of quebec as like just hyper sexy like really <laughs> really sexy town uh-huh. like always uh so that's yeah a little confusing to me but you know here's the other thing too is that uh, you know they'd have like a big church big church 
like literally next door to a strip club, mm. which is something you would never have, I don't think, anywhere else in Canada. Uh, but in Montreal, it's just like, hey, eh, go. <laughs> and uh, that's the way it is. Here we, mm, ah, come see, come saw. It's that, that uh, deep, deep, deep Presbyterian strain of Canada, Canadian culture mm-hmm. that comes from our, at one time, ma- massive Scottish emigration here. So they brought that kind of dour Presbyterian churchiness with them. And so even though a lot of even though a lot of that did disappear, there's still still an element of that in our you know, in our drinking like our alcohol, like, you know, where where you're allowed to drink and where you're allowed to buy your drink and when bars are allowed to open and close and things like that, those all kind of were a reflection of that element of our culture for sure. Yeah. I wonder if that's gonna change with uh again, this uh, quarantine thing is like so many restaurants now can like send you alcohol, like yeah. uh, can deliver it to you in a way okay. that never never could before. Mm. What if that's all going to get more loosey goosey as uh, as things uh, go back to normal ish? Well, it's ways. a it's a real cash cow for the government, the the government owned liquor stores. So yeah, you know, you'd be telling, telling the government, hey, we don't want to. Actually, you know, I'm perfectly happy with government running liquor stores because what that means is that other people are paying paying those taxes that I'm not having to pay, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, keep it up. Keep it, keep it up, government. Keep bringing in that money so I don't have to pay more tax. To support your dumb programs. Fair enough. And also good Fair. programs. I just uh, did a big order. Uh, thanks to, again, our, our friend Nina Matsumoto. She pointed me to, uh, by the way, listen to last week's episode. If you haven't, she was very good on it. Um, <laughs> yes, she was. And I, and I just, I, I was watching a, a bunch of her uh, fan gamer Twitch uh, stream where she was doing live drawings for about five hours and uh, she wow. she's very good at that. <laughs> she's very good at just talking answering questions that people are posting at the same time as drawing as uh, very casually funny in a way that's just like oh that's uh, very impressive and then does amazing art as well question yeah can we watch those in not real time do they... uh, i'm i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure they always seem to be on when i'm not around that's a that's a good question i would look it up right now but then you would hear it live and you would go what's that noise <laughs> Ian tap no, dancing. Ian tap dancing. Pretty much. I do know when we did our um, critical hit, you could watch it later. Yes, that's right. So but that not, wasn't I'm Twitch, not... though, right? That was Zoom. But it, uh, no, or no, it was it's Discord. A... Discord. Uh, yeah, but that no, Discord was just how it's recorded. Oh, okay. Uh, Twitch, Twitch is where it's on, basically. Like, oh, oh, okay. We had it on YouTube and we had it on Twitch. I see. Okay. Uh, and you could watch it on both afterwards. Cool. Discord is just yeah, like Zoom or um, I see. Yeah, okay. Skype. Yeah, uh, but but Nina pointed me to um, uh, the fact that Stormcrow, uh, local kind of uh, nerdy pub, uh, was now uh, selling food, like as in uh, packages of produce and breakfast supplies and stuff. So uh, I uh, I ordered some stuff from them today and picked it up, and so far, generally pretty good. Uh, quite uh, quite happy with it. So good. Uh, yeah, and uh, you're kind of supporting the local. Uh, businesses that you're trying to keep keep it going, and they gave me a nice free deck of Stormcrow playing cards. Yeah, well, cool. which is sweet. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's been sort of our our um, when when payday on our paydays, Lisa and my individual paydays, we've been having going out for dinner, not literally, of course, but having getting some takeout and and bringing it home. But we always locally. You know. And what's a what's a normal thing that you would uh, go out and and get for takeout? What's a normal thing? Oh no, we mix yeah. we mix it up every time. So we've done we've done everything Thai, Mexican, white spot. Um, what have we got? Greek food and pizza and yeah, can I can't remember what else. But 
yeah, we kind of keep it. I think we've done white spot twice, but I still consider that local because our local white spot. So yeah, we haven't done we haven't done white spot yet. We've uh, we did do some t- some takeout, but we haven't had that delivered yet. Mm. Uh, but I would like to uh, would like to do that. We, I, uh, I just pick it up on the way home from work. So. Yeah, more um, often than not, we don't have access to a car. So yes, I understand. Uh, you know, you were a slave to the rhythm. <laughs> I understand. Uh, though, though, uh, what's up, hot dog? Uh, is doing take takeout for a little takeout window again. So that's oh, good. that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, go there, have three hot dogs, and think of you. <laughs> Please do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I dare you. Yeah, but so apparently uh, yeah, we're it's gonna, impossible. We're probably going to do breakfast for dinner tonight because I got the breakfast uh, supplies. Yes. So, uh, yes. Yeah. Breakfast for Make dinner a, is fun. Yeah, we're going to do some hash browns there. Maybe a little uh, egg in the hole. Uh, a little nice. bit of bacon. Yeah, it should be. Uh, that should be nice. Sounds good. Looking looking forward to that. I like to do uh, for for breakfast in the at night. I like to do waffles. Mm. We have a, we have a waffle maker, so it's it's fun and a good waffle recipe as well. Although it's kind of complicated, but it's a good recipe. So okay, it's one of those Are ones you, will- you have to split the eggs, which I always find like separate whites and yolks, which I, I always think is like why? Why? But anyway, because you're putting them back together eventually. <laughs> There is a there is a good reason. Yeah, it's, are, it does help. Are you willing to share your waffle recipe? Uh, oh, I'm totally willing, but I don't don't know it off the top of my head. I'm sorry, I read it from a book. So okay, uh, yeah, if you feel like putting that onto our sneaky dragon page, I will. It's pretty easy. And maybe uh, people who uh, make them could take a picture of their waffles, and uh, you know, we'll just put up uh, some waffle pictures. It'll be nice. Yeah, what I like about it is it doesn't involve buttermilk, which often seems to be a common recipe thing. And I know you can make buttermilk with lemon. And milk. Or vinegar, yeah. Or vinegar and milk, yeah. But um, I don't know. I just, just avoid that. This one is quite nice. It's this, this flour and and then you you um, put your dry ingredients together, your flour, your baking soda and all that kind of stuff. And then you, you do two different things of kind of wet ingredients. So you make, you do a a, um, a beaten egg yolk with but, with melted butter. And then you do a, then you do a, another one, which is you uh, fluff up the egg whites into a, almost like a meringue and then you you add that to your to your um to your liquid and flour as you're as you're mixing that you kind of mix it in and it makes it it gives you nice fluffy um waffles and quite a bit of waffles too from the recipe nice it's good yeah it's good it's good for good for us and one time we tried the classic uh putting bacon in as you're as you're making our waffles mm-hmm. so you put your batter in and then this, you put half the batter in and then you lay a, a piece of bacon inside it then you pour more batter on it and then close it how'd it go really good Cook them well. I don't don't leave them. Yeah. Don't leave them stringy. But uh, what's interesting is you don't even notice it when you're eating it. You don't even notice the bacon's in there. It's really strange. It like disappears into the ba- into the batter. It's really strange. Huh. It's odd. It's like oh, you're really gonna taste this. And I was eating. I was like, was there bacon in here? I swear <laughs> it was. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, it just kind of disappears in it as you're eating it. I don't know oh, if like just... I don't know if like putting syrup on it makes it it's so overwhelming that it it disappears. What do you like on your on your waffles? Do you just do them sort of normal, like syrup and butter, or what do you do? Yeah, usually uh, I'll uh, I'll usually put a little bit of vanilla into the waffle mix itself. Yes, I like that. that's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and then and then yeah, just uh, just a little bit of butter, a little bit a little bit of syrup, and mm. uh, and we're and we're good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Make them as crispy as possible and uh, go to town. Mm. Then then bacon up, bacon on the side. Sure, bacon I, on I'm the with side you there. Some sort of thing. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, I like what I what I find. Well, we got someone gave us some fruit syrups from a local berry farm here in Aldergrove, and so I I've taken to using that. But I find that it's not quite sweet enough for me, mm. just with the berry syrup. So I I I mix do like a mix of of Aunt Jemima 
classic Aunt Jemima with um, with this berry syrup. That's pretty good. And then another thing, good thing to do, if which is if that isn't sweet enough for you, and believe me, folks, I have a sweet tooth that doesn't stop. I will put jam on it, then I will put on the syrups. That's very sweet. And I have no, I have no issues with sweet, and also butter because you have to have the melty butter. My my only disappointment with uh, the storm, and I feel like I am picking nets here, uh, was oh. when they uh, when when they gave you the breakfast supplies. Yeah, it's supposed to come with jam, and it did not come with jam. And, uh, and it's supposed to come with orange juice, and it did not come with orange juice. And that one I will have to talk to them about. Uh, but uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, I mean, I can, I've got enough fruit stuff here. I can make my own jam. That's not jam is not a hard thing to make by by any means. Okay. How about because, marmalade? Is marmalade harder to make? Yes. Okay. Marmalade <laughs> is, is quite a bit harder to make, but I do have marmalade. So mm. I'm all right. Yeah. Marmalade takes more takes more time. But if you're just making like some strawberry jam or blueberry jam and you've got some frozen fruit, uh, you're fine. You're fine. Go to town. There you go. You tell me the difference. Yeah. Ah, you're good. No problem. Yeah. The complicated there. part of marmalade to me seems to be like the little bits of actual fruit in it, like the orange or whatever. Yeah. I don't want to be zesting a whole bunch of like little orange, but I'm fine. Let's <laughs> do that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Although my mom yep. makes a, my mom makes a, I'm sure I mentioned on the show before, but my mom makes a great tomato marmalade. What? I... Maybe you have, but go on, sir. I know. Isn't that crazy? But yeah, it's just, it's a sweet tomato marmalade so it's like a marmalade it has but it's made with instead of using oranges my mom uses tomatoes and it has a little bit of tomato bits in it that are kind of like candied and whatever how they do that and Mm -hmm. uh but it's tomatoes yeah it's just a marmalade it's like a like a jam like like a tomato jam it's weird but it's really good neat like um hopefully she'll make some this year like she normally does because my dad grows tomatoes in the back in the backyard and they always get a bumper crop that they can't give away enough of them to us or whenever I'm there. She's like, do you want more tomatoes? And, well, you know, I'm not, I like tomatoes. It's funny. I used to like tomatoes a lot, but I'm not as big a tomato person anymore. I do like them on like a hamburger, like a fresh one at home. And I, I don't mind them on a sandwich every once in a while, but I do not like, we used to have them so much when I was growing up, we would have them like sliced on a plate with some salt and pepper on them and, mm-hmm. just, and just eat them like, like a, like a, you know, crudités or whatever. We used to have, um, uh, bread with cheese on it and then a piece of a piece of tomato like a tomato slice on top of that melted in the oven and eat that quite happily whoops sorry thing came up go ahead continue what happened uh i clicked i clicked a thing to uh to get the questions up and uh, another window opened and uh, someone started complaining about their hair okay go ahead <laughs> oh i couldn't even hear it oh, that's funny um and then uh yeah so so, but now I don't, uh, I, like, I don't really like to eat them by themselves. I'll eat like cherry tomatoes and stuff by themselves, but I don't really like to eat like tomato slices anymore the way I used to, which is sad. I will still eat them every once in a while. Like if I have leftover tomato from, you know, make, say, making hamburgers and there's left, leftover tomato slices, I'll eat them all, but it's not with the zest that I once did. Now I'm just kind of like mechanically, don't let these go to waste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not a big tomato fan. Like it's rare that I'm like, Hi, that's great. Mm. There's a couple of places that do tomatoes well. Okay. Uh, Red Wagon here does tomatoes well. The mm. old restaurant I used to go to, Jethro's, did tomatoes very, very well. Okay. Uh, but it's uh, very, very rare. Do you mean as then, on something? Yeah. Okay. It yeah. would still, it would still uh, uh, be solid enough. Mm. Uh, they, they'd, they'd be, they'd be good. It wouldn't just be mush. Wouldn't yeah. be white spot tomatoes. Like to me, white spot tomatoes are the worst tomatoes. Like honestly, yeah. Like you could just give me here's twenty bucks. Eat a sandwich with a white spot tomato on it. I'm like, mm, keep it. Just push the t- twenty back. Go for it. Take three bites. No, not good. Twenty. Take it. Take the. Take it back. That's fine. Like wow. so mushy. Didn't know you were so rich. 
that you try to remove the tomato yeah. and it just immediately shatters. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. ugh, I just got to take a knife and scrape it and just, ugh. You're right. Take it, just this goo. It's one, Come on! It's one part Come of their on. food prep that I, I would take issue with. Like, it feels like, it's almost like they cut them the day before and then put them in the fridge overnight and just bring yeah. them out in the morning and then they're like, that's what you get. Like, it feels like they're Like, Wendy's are better. Wendy's tomatoes are better than that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, they are. Wendy's is a, is a hit and miss tomato situation. Absolutely, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, but you can get a good tomato from a Wendy's. Yeah. You can get a good tomato from an A and W. You don't expect it, but it happens. <laughs> but I can never remember a time yeah, yeah. when I've ever gotten a good tomato from a White Spot. Must like be, they just yeah. hate. Like it's anger. It's anger tomatoes. It's just <laughs> they 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 actively dislike you. Like you've done something to really make them mad. Yeah. Yeah, I do love tomatoes in things. So I love them in like uh, like in a chili or in a spaghetti. Sure. Like big clumps of tomatoes. That's like, like this is perfect to me. As an ingredient. Yeah, mm. but it's like, you know, I like baking soda and bread, but I don't want to eat a... <laughs> well, it's a little different. I mean, no, one, no one's recommending you eat baking soda, but there's nothing wrong with eating a tomato. Okay. That's funny. Well, thank you very much. And it makes your breath fresh. <laughs> Look at that. He's got really fresh breath. Look at that. Mm, good, good for him. Um, I'm, uh, I'm working my way towards uh, questions just because we've got uh, 11 of them. Oh, I didn't realize so many, so many. We got uh, well, maybe not eleven questions. We've got uh, uh, eleven comments, but that's also in involving replies. Sure. Uh, but yeah, we got to, we got to people uh, talking to us, and I and I don't even I'm not even looking at our uh, uh, Facebook and whatnot. I'm not sure we've got uh, questions and stuff on I, there. I, I can I can go there. All right, uh, he, he's going to go there. Uh, so <laughs> the questions last week. Yes. Were uh, what's your favorite bread or bun? I thought, that was a, I thought that was a silly question, but apparently people liked it, so we got a lot yeah. of responses. Have you ever been apart from someone you love, and what did you do about it? And uh, sub-sub question, do you like your pierogies dry? So there you go. Who else is asking these hard questions? This American Life? No. No. Even though they <laughs> won a Pulitzer this, this week. Uh, they're not asking those questions. My wife's boss right. won a Pulitzer this week. When you're right, you're right. Yeah, I'm, t I'm just telting you, my wife's boss won a, won a Pulitzer this week, so uh, I think now is the time to ask for a raise. Who won a Pulitzer? Uh, uh, I don't know if I can say. No, oh. oh. I wonder if it's announced. Oh, it's not been announced, it's not announced. Anyway, okay. uh, keep it, keep it, keep it, mum, that uh, someone my wife works for won a Pulitzer. Anyway, um, <laughs> the only drag about that is it means she didn't win a Pulitzer, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, our friend uh, Kanan who uh, you gave us all those chocolates that I'm never going to see because you ate them uh, during the show <laughs> uh, and poisoned your dog with them, said, uh, I'm glad the box arrived. It only occurred to me after I sent it that you might just throw it all out. <laughs> but I assure you, no one in our house has the devil bug. Uh, I'm about to start up chemo, so we're very ca cautious. Plus, I've been tested three times and come up three times negative. Woo! Uh, I cannot, good. however, vouch for Canada Post. Uh, and Nina... I'm uh, sure you know by now, but the uh, Chicos aren't chocolate-covered jelly babies. They're chocolate-flavored. I uh, hope the guys managed to get you a uh, share of the hoard. Dave has not done that yet. <laughs> Him. My share of the hoard. But, it's uh, it's uh, a coming, everyone. Uh, throwing all the good thoughts towards you on your chemo. Uh, be healthy and uh, do, do, be well. Yes, Katie. And uh, I'm super looking forward to reading your, uh, your book. Um, which is, of course, uh, uh, Max Over X, uh, the second uh, book in that series. I really enjoyed the first one. Um, Scott Me McGinnis. Too. Good, good, good. There you go. So that's two fur. That's two fur uh, saying good stuff. Uh, Scott McGinnis writes, uh, Hi, Dave and Ian. Hi, Scott McGinnis. Hi, Scott. Uh, 
In answer to your sub-question in episode 439, my favorite bread is bread you can only get in Scotland. Oh, brother, he's got to go off on one of these Scottish bread things. <laughs> oh, all right, here we go. Okay. Plain bread. Oh. I know that sounds boring, but it's anything but plain. It, it's hard to describe. It's like ordinary white bread, but kind of rougher. Uh, it sounds like there's uh, something that they don't do to it that stops it being ordinary. Maybe they don't do the final step of the recipe. Anyway, it's lovely. There's no better tasting toast. And its oblong shape makes it perfect for sandwiches or pieces, as we say in Scotland. There's nothing better than a piece and square uh, sausage with brown sauce. And uh, we've got like uh, some links there and images and uh, links to Wikipedia. And they're all on our page, stinkydragon.com. So check that out. Uh, and in answer to your sub-question, what's a pierogi? Uh, I don't know how I prefer them, but they sound delicious. Stay safe, guys. Well, Scott, what you'd probably like is this thing called a plain pierogi. And I don't know what they do to it. And it might not even be a pierogi. It might just be the idea of a pierogi. But uh, it's a thing. And it's, <laughs> maybe you like it dry. I don't know. Um, I wish we could just send you some pierogies. I'm sure you could find some. Just go online. They'll think on them and uh, try them up. Just boil them up. Uh, fry them up with a little bit of uh, bacon and uh, maybe some. I, I don't know if you're vegetarian, uh, but, uh, but no, you're not. You were talking about sausages, so no, you're fine. Okay, fry them up with some bacon and some uh, and some uh, onion, and then fry that up together after you boil them. Boil them, put them in like with some butter and some uh, bacon and some and some onions. I know what you're saying. You, you can fry up like a communion wafer and be delicious with that stuff. Then take your uh, little sour cream, put that on top. Hey, you got some chives? Throw that on top if you want to. So good. You won't believe it. Uh, get the uh, potato and, uh, and uh, cheese kind, according to Nina, because the potato and onion, hot garbage. <laughs> Louise writes us, and it's not, a, it's not a nice week unless Louise writes us, my favorite buns are cinnamon buns, especially from Grounds for Coffee on Commercial Drive, which are big and soft with thick icing. Hey, hey, they're not a sponsor. We're not doing an ad for Grounds for Coffee. But by not, the by the way, what okay grounds for coffee? Yeah, like what does that mean? Like, are they like doing like some sort of joke on grounds for something? Like grounds for divorce? That, that's grounds for divorce. So that's ground. Yeah, grounds for that's coffee. Grounds for murder. Grounds for coffee. I don't don't get it. Don't get it. Grounds for coffee. What are you trying to do there? Yeah, we need to uh, we need to we need to talk to them about that. Just put some uh, random words together. Yeah, I think I'm trying to remember what the name of the the place is that really bothers me. That's near Nina's place, but it's like. It's a yeah, it's a uh, it's a hair salon, and it's called and here's what it is: hair and then a number two, yeah, then date. Hair to hair, date. Hair to date. Hair to date. Yeah, let me double check this. I, I'm getting back to you, Louise. I swear. <laughs> let me just make sure that I'm not getting this wrong, and I do yeah. have to look this up because yeah, yeah. I do not want to get this wrong. Uh, hair to date, and then let me get because it's on Renfrew Street. Apologies to everyone involved. Yes, it is. Uh, hair up to date. Hair up to date. Huh? What? No, it's not called hair up to date. It is called hair to date, sir. Let me take a look. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Wait a minute. Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. It says on the sign. Yeah. Hair. By the way, I, I'm sure Nina is is listening to this, and and we needed to discuss this because we've talked about this in the past. Uh, so hair. It says hair to date, but the number two is like uh, being pierced by an arrow. And the arrow is pointing upwards. Ah, ah. So you should okay. know that right away. So it's so it's like hair 
up to date. Yeah, yeah. So it's like your hair will now be up to date. Or okay, more, more accurately, at... more accurately, it's Harrow up to date. Oh, Harrow, yeah, Harrow to date. Harrow, <laughs> how are you? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, this now makes a, a little bit more sense, sure. and yet is also terrible. Okay, now we're going to go back to uh, this ad for grounds for coffee. Um, <laughs> anyway, big, soft, thick icing. Sounds it actually sounds quite good. Uh, yeah, I also like the ones from I am with Louise on this. Cinnamon buns are great. Uh, I also like the ones from Solly's on Main Street, which have uh, thinner, chewier layers and a clear gaze. Uh, during this self-isolation period, my sister and I were uh, made a batch at home. Due to my inexperienced rolling skills, they didn't look pretty, but they were pretty tasty. Uh, <laughs> we also made a batch of soft pretzels sprinkled Ooh. with cinnamon and sugar. Oh, man. And they were too. It sounds like uh, like it's a visit to the PE. Yeah. Like I, uh, Louise, it, would it be okay if you just left some like on your lawn, uh, like uh, just outside, and like put some lights up like it was the PE, and then I could just like walk by and like pretend like I'm at the PE and like uh, getting some treats. It's, we'll talk later. It's all great, I, but then she had the temerity to to uh, correct me. Oh, okay. Let's keep going. Took a sour turn. All right, uh, maybe a sourdough turn. Uh, <laughs> FYI, bagels are made with yeast. Oh no, it's matzah bread that's unleavened. Uh, when served at Passover, it commemorates when the Israelites had to leave Egypt so fast uh, they didn't have time to use yeast in the dough. But let me ask you this: Do you prefer New York or Montreal style bagels? I find the Montreal style too chewy. Okay, look, Louise, we've been friends for many, many years. Okay. Uh, first time that I performed theater sports, you were also performing theater sports. We have a history. We've seen each other at our best. We've seen each other at our worst. What the hell is wrong with you with this Montreal bagel thing? <laughs> they are freaking delicious. We need to, you and I, we need to go to Montreal. We need to get some bagels. We need to settle this. So we'll talk later. When this is all done, Let's let's all we'll do some traveling. We'll do some traveling. We'll find some excuse to do that. But like, I prefer a Montreal style bagel. Huh. Uh, myself. How about you, Dave? All I have to say is yeast. Um, I don't really. I don't think I know the difference well enough to speak to that. Okay. I mostly get I mostly get my bagels in a bag. For, you know, like a mass-produced bagel thing. I don't. I don't. We don't really have any like bakeries or bagel makers around where I live in Aldergrove. It's. Mm. It I've been lucky enough to get them in New York and Montreal okay. from like the actual best places that you could get them. Well, and I'd say explain to me the difference then between them. Like, is there a way like, it's a fluffier, it's a fluffier bagel in, uh, in, um, New York. Okay. Uh, it, t- it does taste different. And the water is different. So it's definitely, it's definitely different. Yeah. It is more dense. The Montreal one, uh, chewier, um, got a little more tooth to it. Huh. Um, but I prefer, but I, I mean, I prefer it, but, but That's... I will say this, much friendlier at the New York deli places. Holy cow, much friendlier than a Montreal uh, person giving you a, uh, a, a pierogi, a duck pierogi, a bagel in the morning. Oh, boy, so it, much better. Is that right? The toppings are better in New York. Uh, the bagels, I think, are better in Montreal. So, yeah, it sounds like I would prefer a Montreal one, too. I I, I prefer my bread chewy rather than fluffy. Right. And I'm, uh, I'm okay with either, to be honest with you. Uh, and also, she says, I, I don't like dry pierogies. We eat them smothered with onion and bacon bits, uh, fried in butter with a side of sour cream. As I just recommended, uh, Scottish people try them for the first time. I was going to count uh, Louise's question of, like, do I prefer New York or Montreal-style bagels for our 450th show? Uh, but I took it off. I took, I took it out. 
Uh, it made me so mad that I had to discuss it. Now. <laughs> so you've got uh, 10 more episodes uh, to get your suggestions, uh, questions in. We'll tell you more about that by the end of the show. Sure. Uh, Chris Roberts writes. Hi, Chris. Uh, the Harry, we talk about Harry Potter a little bit. A bit. Uh, the Harry Potter books have many uh, antecedents, 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 antecedents. Yeah. Uh, famously, the Earthsea novels of Ursula Le Guin. However, I expect the one you were thinking of was Charmed Life by Diana Wynne Jones, published in 1977, and uh, the first in her uh, Crestomancy series. Jones is probably best known as the writer of Howl's Moving Castle, which was, of course made into a wonderful anime by Hayao uh, Miyazaki. Uh, she is very gracious about the similarities between her work and Rowling's, saying once a book is published, out in the world is sort of a common uh, property for people to take ideas from and use. And I think this is what happened to my books. I first heard about this on the excellent blacklisted or backlisted podcast. Highly recommended for book lovers. So backlisted podcast. Oh, I am a you book know, I was, lover. I was just suggesting the uh, Books of Magic because... You know, that was a thing with a little kid who uh, glasses, he has an owl, and uh, people in the DC universe teach him magic. But, uh, yep, uh, that sounds that sounds uh, like a thing. So check that out. Uh, Charmed Life, Diana Wynne-Jones. The uh, actual uh, person I was thinking of was a, an yes. author named Nancy Stouffer. Oh, okay. Who, in 1999, uh, alleged copyright and trademark infringement against Rowling for her nineteen her nineteen eighty four book called The Legend of Ra and the Muggles. And in that oh. book in the and then also with another book called Larry Potter and his best friend Lily. And so of course the word Muggles would be an example of uh her now for her it was the name of a, a race of mutant humanoids, not not uh people who are non magical. So she did not win the case, um, I don't think. Uh yeah, you I look, guess. I'm just looking, looking I'm up? sort of quickly reading through it, yes. Sure. So, uh, oh, wait a second here. Let me just see. Uh, Stouffer had perpetrated a fraud on the court through her submission of fraudulent documents, as oh. well as through her untruthful testimony, including changing pages years after the fact to retroactively insert the word muggle. Oh! Oh, well, interesting. And she was fined $50,000 for her pattern of intentional bad faith conduct. Well, 50 points to uh, Rowling. Yeah, interesting. That is very interesting. I'm curious. I'm interested that people thought The Wizard of Earthsea was related to Harry Potter. It's a very different series. And the two books I read, they're quite a bit. They're quite a. I mean, they're young adult novels, but not young, young adult. Like, Harry Potter can be read comfortably by, you know, like young elementary school students. But I don't think Wizard of Earthsea. Wizard of Earthsea is like for, you know, grade six, grade seven, grade eight readers, or me reading back reading them because i have not read them before they're very enjoyable but they're there's a real dark streak through them mm. that uh and even like right away not like where not like with harry potter where you start off kind of light and then it gets very you know heavy as it goes like where's the diversity just kind of starts off like heavy and then it just, it just stays there so yeah it's it's but it's very good though i highly recommend them they're really good really well written beautiful books uh, ursula k Le Guin is the writer the author of of um with the diversity. And she wrote a really interesting essay that came up in my little essay feed I have on my, my, um, my, whatever, my computer search engine thing. I guess, I guess it's Firefox. Um, called, it's basically called like, or something about living, my, like, my living 90 years as a man or something like that. Okay. And it basically what it's about is the fact that she's a very, she's made, she's 
discovered that she's a very bad man, but she's had to live her life in a world that only appreciates manly attributes, and that's what she's been expected to live up to. And yeah, it's quite a, quite a good uh, article by her, or essay. Hmm. I recommend it. Just this type, Ursula K. Le Guin, Life is a Man, and I'm sure it would come up. Okay. If you're curious, I recommend it. All right, Edward, uh, sorry, Ta our friend Todd writes, uh, you guys aren't alone in finding the Twilight Zone gremlin uh, more goofy than scary. We talked about that a bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in a weird way, I think that's what makes the episode work. It comes across as an animal innocently messing around with a machinery it doesn't understand, which for me is more interesting than the movie version, where it's a demon being evil on purpose. But huh. to each their own. Also, apparently the original idea was to have the gremlin uh, be black with bright dots to camouflage it against the night sky. Something tells me that would have held up uh, even less well today. <laughs> and uh, uh, they just, did... In my defense, and I feel yeah. like I must defend myself here, A, I just saw that 20,000 thingy with uh, William Shatner. I saw it, uh, just a trailer of it, so it was just like a lot of cut. So I didn't get, really get the sense of how the story built or anything. So yes, that the the monster could have like worked a lot better in a, in a longer version of it. And I've not seen, I've not seen the original, not the original, but I've not seen the Twilight Zone movie. The George okay. Miller version. I have not seen that since it came out in theaters. And they've done a re another remake uh, for the more modern uh, Twilight Zone as well, which is, goes in a very different direction. Okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What What was that shown on? Was that uh, like HBO or do you know? That, that is a good question. I'm just I'm wondering sure. if I can find it somewhere. I would be curious. I, I bet you can. I okay. bet it wouldn't be that hard to find. Okay. I'll look it up. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, Thank yeah, you, Todd. Thank you for, and, for clarifying that, Todd. That's really cool. I I... I just want to also pass on my admiration for your Twilight Zone uh, project. That's I think that's I always enjoy when people do that sort of monomaniacal things or monomaniacal. Mono what, what is the Twilight things. Zone uh, project? Tell me. Tell oh me well, he mentioned in, in a previous co uh, comment to us that he spent some time going through all the episodes of the Twilight Zone of the original Twilight Zone. He watched all of the episodes in like kind of a one concentrated time period. Which I think is very interesting because it gives you like a sense of the overarching elements of it, whether they're kind of recurring themes. My joke theme being, of course, uh, don't fear the other, but but more more than just my silly joke that the kind of overarching themes that that happen in the show, and also like kind of repeating repeating tropes in it and and senses where it kind of maybe took wrong turns and things. You know, it's kind of fun to w kind of watch something like that again and get a sense of it because. Twilight Zone, although it had like Richard Matheson writing for it, of course, as well as Rod Serling, uh, it, it was basically his vision that kind of drove the show. So even though there are other writers, they were writing to his ideas, and he was sort of like the the editor, the script editor of it, and and his 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 heavy hand is on on the on the series always. So so it's interesting in that way as well that it's one person's vision that you're watching as well. So <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, I think that's really interesting. So kudos to you, sir. It must have been odd for Rod Serling, like, uh, and when Twilight Zone was popular, just like when he was like out in real life and like just standing off to the side of things and like people looking over, ah, oh, here's the beginning, it's starting now. It's like, <laughs> I'm just, no, I'm, I'm a man, a human man. I'm like, oh, oh, is this your Twilight Zone then? Is this your ironic twist? Like, ah, oh, for God's sake, you'd have to leave. You're so upset. <laughs> um, uh, let me just say one, one more thing ahead. before you go on. Please. I just want to say that. Richard Matheson, who was a, I think that's his name, who was a major, I may be wrong, Richard something, was uh, the, who was a major contributor to the Twilight Zone. He was the original author of I Am Legend. Oh, that's neat. So there you go. Okay. There's a connection there. Keep the show, well keep the show circling around. Keep it tight. 
Like a piece um, of toilet paper in a toilet. <laughs> oh, I forgot to buy some today. All right, that's Uh-oh. good to remember. Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Um, Edward Dragansky uh, writes, I haven't seen my kids since the quarantine began. Oh. So being apart from someone you love is happening to me right now. I miss them both dearly. My son, Alec, was sent home from college where he lives with his mom. And my daughter, Eric, lives in Lubbock, Texas, daughter where she attends. Erica? What's that? Did you say Erica? Aaron. Aaron. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. That's okay. I probably said it wrong. No. <laughs> uh, my daughter, Aaron, lives in Lubbock, Texas, where she uh, attends college at Texas Tech. I'm happy to report that both are healthy, as are those around them. So it's worth the effort. You just have to put the emotions aside for the betterment of all and hope we'll be together soon. I hope I hope that uh, will be the case. Uh, I grew up uh, eating seeded rye bread for sandwiches. My grandmother always had some for uh, making cold cuts, as she called them. Uh, she also had stone ground German mustard, fresh prosciutto, and aged Swiss cheese. Oh, that sounds that good. That sounds really good. <laughs> uh, my grandmother also had canned uh, plenty of pickles, both sweet and sour. I like them both. Uh, and she... Uh, and she made uh, from uh, garden-grown cucumbers. She sliced them extremely thin so they could be added to the sandwiches. Uh, For the side, she had uh, this three-bean salad she'd make, too. Probably one of my best childhood memories. Yeah, you're making me very hungry with that. I don't think I've ever had the pleasure of eating a pierogi. After looking them up, I'm sure I'd enjoy them, and you'd uh, think that having a European background, someone would have made them at some point. Uh, If I've ever had any, I do not recall it. Uh, for here in Canada, it's really popular, like in the in the prairie provinces, the middle of Canada. That's uh, that's kind of the Ukrainian uh, heart of Canada. And if people yeah. move yeah. from there to here, that's they will just bring the pierogies with them. Um, Dave mentioned the Uncola glass that Seven Up produced. By the way, let me mention that uh, at my dad's office uh, building, because he worked at uh, Dominion Glass. Uh, which was a bottle factory, as other things. Uh, they had one of those there. I remember that. Oh, cool. Um, this predates uh, my enjoyment there by a few years. But to Nina's delight, I did work on many, many 7-Up Spot campaigns. I took over for Spot when he was to be used in print. The print ads would reflect whatever the agency in Chicago, Leo Burnett, uh, was doing for the television ads. The tricky thing uh, was that uh, when the little spot would pop off a uh, 7-Up can of the ads and started playing football or engaged in the sword fight with another spot, the objects had to be real things in scale with them. So the football was a peanut and the sword was a plastic cocktail sword. Uh, when I came home to visit relatives in Chicago, I'd drive them downtown to Leo Burnett and hang out with the guys who created Spot and we'd brainstorm something new. Uh, sadly, in 1995, when Cadbury Beverages bought Dr. Pepper slash 7-Up, one of the first orders was to kill off Spot entirely. Sons of bitches. Uh, (laughs) Working on those campaigns for 7-Up remains one of the highlights of my 30-year career. I've put a few photos up on Facebook of some old Spot art from the past. Uh, Ancient stuff, but still fun. Oh, very cool. Um, Now on to this discussion. That Willy Wonka Tom and Jerry cartoon is something. Uh, But I can uh, do you guys one better. In 1992, I worked on a cartoon here in Dallas for Peeler Rose Productions called Snuffy, the Elf Who Saved Christmas. It was a really low-budget animated effort that featured uh, Bobby Goldsboro as the voice talent slash singer. I was the cleanup artist 
And if you go to the end of the YouTube video, which is uh, connected, uh, clicked here, uh, you see my name at the uh, 2205 mark in the credits. <laughs> I did this for extra money, and the guys, Dan Peeler and Charlie Rose, who own the studio, uh, that made it were really nice guys with a passion for animation. I'm assuming a different Charlie Rose. Uh, Snuffy, <laughs> the old elf who is kind of clumsy, somehow spills the Sandman sand all over the place on Christmas Eve. The entire North Pole is put to sleep. And Snuffy has to save Christmas by himself. At least I think that's the story. I can't bring myself to watch it and see if I'm right or not. Here's the whole thing if you're brave enough to take a look for yourself. And he puts a link up there. Let me uh, let me say, uh, I used to live with someone who was working on what I consider one of the worst Christmas specials of all time. Uh, if you get a chance to see it, don't. And it's called Christopher the Christmas Tree. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I, I occasionally would wear, because I was broke, uh, we had some Christopher the Christmas Tree merch that I would end up wearing. Uh, don't consider that an endorsement. I just needed a sweater. Mm. Um, one more thing, and I offer uh, Dave as much sympathy as I can, uh, but I also installed a microwave over my r range late last year. I understand exactly what you were explaining <laughs> and how precise all those features of the oven, the bracket, yes. top have to go seamlessly together oh. it's not easy even if all the parts are correct so i completely sympathize with david and the arduous task of an almost impossible installation you know it'd be adorable seeing spot try to put that together <laughs> that's right with pop his, off the can with this little toy screwdriver and his... yeah a little sword trying to get in there <laughs> oh, i did this and then he falls in the microwave by mistake and gets melted oh um, i did that he's fine he can survive anything except cadbury uh, buying out the rights. Uh, I did this <laughs> because we installed a double oven across the kitchen, which took the place of the microwave. So having a surplus of space over the range provided room to install a much better microwave there. So there yeah, we go. You've, nice. you, you've, you've been sympathized with, Dave. Thank you. Thank you. Because, yeah, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible thing to do. I mean, it's not terrible, terrible, but it's it made it worse. Just not. I mean, if it had all the parts, it would have been great. But I got sold a bill of goods. I got told it was all together and it was pretty much had two screws that were required out of all the everything else that came supposed to come with it that would be a really ridiculous. good name for uh, for an irish character billow goods <laughs> billow goods yes him and patio wagon can go around together uh or patio Robert furniture if you prefer indeed uh laurel robertson writes oh we did get a by the way we did get a a, a letter uh from a friend of ours uh, giving us her album yeah uh, this, i got uh, that ready to go Oh, that's good. Okay, so when I when I asked about that, that was I think what I was what I was going for. Yeah. All right. Uh, Laurel Robertson writes, uh, "Hello, dear David and dear Ian. Uh, it seems hello, Laurel. Uh, <laughs> it seems like all my life I've been apart from people I love. As uh, an elementary age kid, I lived with my mom, dad, and two younger sisters in Brazil. So uh, so far from my one living set of grandparents, this was way back in the '60s when overseas phone calls." were nearly impossible and I assume very expensive. I assume that as well from what I from what I remember. I mean the the things that we were most afraid of I think back then were, you know, deadly diseases and long distance calls. Oh, the charges. Oh, just terrifying. Um, we did uh, we did record uh, messages a couple of times a year on reel to reel tapes and send them to the grand folks. They did the same for us. Kind of weird, awkward conversations, but at least we could hear each other's voices. Isn't that weird just thinking it was cheaper to to like record a reel-to-reel, -reel, put it in the mail, send it 
uh, than it was to like call. Anyway, uh, that's just uh, my commentary. Uh, <laughs> we would also write letters on extremely thin, practically see-through airmail stationery. Oh, yes. Letters uh, that would take a month to receive. As a young adult, I moved around the U.S. several times. In those days, long-distance phone calls were pricey, so letters back and forth were still the main communication. Uh, my son was 11 years uh, living and working in Asia, and Skype was the greatest thing. Uh, and, of course, email, unlimited phone calling, and text have made separations like that bearable with my family who are around the country now. The one thing I especially appreciate about those letter days is I've saved so many of them. Letters from friends and family that I can still dig out and read through if I'm uh, if ever I'm inclined. As for bread, there's a braided loaf I've made for years that is yeasty and delicious, especially right out of the oven. Just pull it apart. Slather it with butter. <laughs> Not to brag, but I do have a good amount of yeast that I happen to purchase right before the new now. Uh, as to the pierogi question, I'm with Nina. Dry. Absolutely. Really? Huh. Oh. I thought I thought Nina was just on her own on that one. No, she's not. She has got Laurel Robertson backing her up on this dry pierogi situation. That's crazy. Okay, well, we all gotta get together and have some pierogies and uh, yeah. and just watch watch them try to like eat them. Good luck. Uh, always appreciate you, Ian and David, and we do appreciate you too, Laurel. Uh, thank you so much for your letter. Yes, uh, thank you. Yeah, Laurel. that is that is the nice thing about letters is you do uh, get have them forever. Uh, that is later nice. on. So, yeah. That's a connection we have with, with Great Britain, with with Lisa's relatives. So so many of them keep up the letter writing thing. I mean, telephone of conversation, of course, is much easier now than it was when it was, yes, liquid gold flowing through a phone when, when we were younger. But now, but uh, it's still kind of wonderful to have those, yes, mostly indecipherable letters <laughs> trying to read people's handwriting mm-hmm. via chore. But, but yeah, it's great. But imagine what a chore was when they were crossed. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Aye, 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 aye. Yeah, I noticed nuts trying to look at those. You're just like, how did I even read these? Yeah, I just I really remember like Christmas mornings and like uh, the grandparents would call and they'd be like, say hi to grandma. All right, say hi to grandpa. Okay, all right, just say say I love you. All right, say it. Just say it. All right, all right, all right. Okay, okay, okay. okay almost three minutes. Go. Okay, no, we're done. We love you. Okay, bye. And just like you know, yeah. Now throw the phone out the window. Tear it out the wall. Shuck <laughs> it. Set it on fire. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, we we had uh, we had another letter which we were just talking about. So, yeah, I throw it over to you, Dave. Please do throw it at me. Actually, let me just make my here put my mouse on a piece of paper. It's not working so well in glass. I don't know why. We had a. I'm just going to first read a comment from. Sorry, this is this is a comment from from Nettie. She wrote to uh to you and uh oh, am I right or wrong? Oh, here. Sorry. I could have been better prepared, really, couldn't I? Uh, she just said, okay. she said, Ian and Nina should go on a long walk together. You could definitely maintain six feet apart. So there you go. We could. I can't picture Nina and I yelling at each other uh, <laughs> at, at a duck pond. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, no, I do look forward to a time when, uh, you know, uh, we can we can see each other in, in person, not through uh, glass. Uh, that will be, that'll be nice. She's swell. It was actually really nice just listening to her talking while she was drawing last night on Twitch. Yeah, that's That nice. was just very, very soothing. And it was like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's nice. That's cool. Oh, it was last night, was it? Oh, that's when I was yeah. mowing. I guess I was too busy mowing. I have better things to do, Nina. Mow the lawn. <laughs> I'm not so great. I will point out that I resisted the urge to write uh, uh, off a long dock. Or sorry, off a short dock on the <laughs> underneath that comment. Anyway, so um, this is from Sarah. 
this is a letter from Sarah. This is, and I was so happy to get this. It came quite quickly. I thought because she mentioned a little while ago that she had been inspired during this coronavirus quarantine lockdown to get creative and start recording an album. And so I said, when you get it done, send us a note. And she did like two days later. <laughs> it feels like <laughs> not quite that short, but you know what I mean? She says, hi, guys. She Hello. Says, well, well, it's about as finished as it's going to get. I want to release it in this century. You know how it is. Oh, do I is what I have to say, Sarah. And then she sent a link and she says, it's four songs I accidentally wrote in weird genre that didn't fit in with my other stuff. So I put them out together. I'm playing everything except the lead guitar on the first song, which is played by my friend and bandmate, Doug Pollen, and the drums. She says, I do play drums, but I don't have anywhere to record them properly. All the wacky photos I was talking about are in the booklet or scattered about my Facebook page. And that's facebook.com earth immigrant. And then it says, earth, sorry, earth immigrant music. So you can find, you can go there and like Sarah's page if you'd like to. You might notice a familiar, uh, sorry, a familiar shirt. I'm trying to read this from a distance, everyone. Sorry. I'm just discovering the weakness, which is my eyesight. That's my, okay, my, I thought my you were only doing, weakness. Like, social, social distancing on the letters. My only. You're like trying to read it like from six feet away. My only weakness is my inability to read. How about if I, oh, see, but if I make it bigger, then it disappears into the, here we go. Okay. Uh, she goes, oh, see, it did. <laughs> I tried to like, you know, control plus it to make it, lar make it larger. That just made it go off of the screen. So unfair. Computer's unfair to people's eyes. So mm -hmm. I'll just go back to the beginning of that. All the wacky photos I was talking about are in the booklet or, or scattered about Facebook, my Facebook page. You might notice a familiar t-shirt in a couple of them. And then she says page four. So I imagine that's a sneaky dragon shirt. Is that correct? Or maybe it's a completely Beatles shirt. I don't know. Mm. I have not gone to those pictures yet. Also, <laughs> here is a free copy just for you guys because you're awesome. Hope you like it. Aww. And thanks for doing what you do. You always brighten my day. Even more so during the Corona apocalypse. <laughs> and then Sarah, I did listen to the songs and the, I did like them very much. Yes, me too. In fact, I went on. I was so happy that I didn't realize that she was on Bandcamp. So I went to her Bandcamp page. So if you look up Earth Immigrant on Bandcamp, you can find her album there. I'm going to put a link when I when I uh, put the show in. But uh, just so you know, her her uh, EP is there. But even better, for just twelve dollars, you can buy two EPs and her album. So I did that. I just okay, I bought, cool. I bought the whole thing, and I I did listen to the to the EP first, and she had sent it to us, and then I listened to her album, which is also very good, and I really enjoyed the EP. Actually, it's very good. Uh, there's a very country song called uh, Hetty's Moon, and then a kind of like sort of a kind of a punk song, I guess you'd call it. The second one, Waste of Time, and then there's a what reminded me of like kind of a rock pile or Nick Lowe called called. Um, this is this is my weakness, everyone. I don't have any eyeballs, so I have to like bring this computer so close to my. Oh, it's called Slow Burn, and then the last song, which is my favorite, called uh, Sky Strip. Oh man, Sky Trippin', <laughs> Sky Trippin' Through the Universe, which I really enjoyed. It's kind of a kind of a psychedelic song, but but uh, I just I just like the whole like tone of it and the feel of it. It was really really good. So I enjoyed the, all the songs. One, three, and four were my favorites. And my very favorite was Sky Trippin', and then I liked Slow Burn. I liked the fact that in Slow Burn she mentioned uh, cat clothes, like get your cat clothes on, the like the Carl Perkins song, because it's kind of like a rockabilly sounding song. So you have to talk about cat clothes to be rockabilly. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. And then I also the other kind of Nicolo 
connection I thought of was that, like her deciding on her, the on the cover of the EP, she's dressed in a variety of different getups, and it's kind of like Niccolo on the cover of Jesus of Cool, his first album. The front cover okay. is him him dressed in a variety of different uh, genre styles, you know, hippie and rockabilly dude and whatever else. It's 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 good. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really like it. So yeah, I like uh, I like that one of the pictures has it is uh, Sparks Sparks shirt. So that's good. Excellent. Okay. Well that it. Okay. Okay. Cool. And then um, I also like that on the cover of the EP, it she's wearing an English settlement shirt, the XTC shirt. And then I also noticed that she has named her instruments, and her oh. and her squire bass is named Colin. And I'm going to assume that's after Colin Moulding, the bass player in XTC. There oh. you go. There you go. That's all my hip musical knowledge getting thrown right back at you, Sarah. So yeah, that was so great. Really great. So th- thank you for that, and I highly recommend it to to um. You know what? Actually, oh, I can't do that because Sarah, Sarah, <laughs> you would need permission from Sarah. So no, I was gonna say I'm gonna play one of her songs, but no, I can't do that because I didn't ask her. So uh, but I will put the link. I will put the link to the to the to it on our on our page. So if you want to go there, and I'm gonna tweet it out and everything else. So so yeah. So it's uh, I highly recommend it though, and for twelve dollars, that's a lot of music yeah. you're getting. That's really great. So there you go, and you can get an MP3 or FLAC, however you prefer it. From, uh, I think Bandcamp. I I think I spent that much today on romaine lettuce. There you go. So hey, you know, and it's it's but I'd say this album is better than lettuce. <laughs> yeah, you can put be- that you can yeah. put that as a quote. That's a pull quote. Yeah, that's better a great pull quote. Lettuce, Ian Boothby, Sneaky Dragon. Yeah, yeah, you you do that, Sarah. Oh man, I wish I thought of as good a quote as that. Anyway, it's it's fantastic. So I do recommend it. And there we go. Those are our letters for today. But, Yay! But but speaking of of letters. Let's let's uh, let's uh, go talk about question show. How does that sound? Can we talk about question show? All right, show? yeah, go for it. Because that's coming up. You, you mentioned it. It's ten shows away. Episode four hundred and fifty is coming up, and we would like your questions. So you can. I think the best way to send it to us, of course, is via email at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com is our email address. You can send it there, and we will read them on the show. Uh, when you send it, please include your address because we're going to make a little bumper sticker that you can use the bumper sticker or just stick somewhere else if you want. Uh, for anyone who asks this question, so if you send in questions, please make sure that you you um, send us your address. Except for old old timers, if you if you've gotten stuff from me in the mail before, I save your addresses because I'm I'm uh, a little a little bit obsessive that way. So so I have that information. So if you've already sent questions before. I, I have your address, but but come on, everybody. Don't make me nervous. I know we usually get like a bunch at the end, but uh, keep them coming. We've had quite a few already from a lot of uh, uh, a lot of friends of the show. And so, so yes, please keep them coming and uh, send, ask as many as you want, because the more you ask, the better your chance of winning our grand prize, which will be T-shirt of your choice, bumper sticker, of course, buttons. And uh, Ian's going to send you a copy of his, his Exosister, Extra Sisters. Yeah, which uh, which which may may end up in comic stores, may not. Who knows? <laughs> I'm not allowed to say, but we'll do that. And I'll also probably send, pardon me, send you some uh, other weird little mini comics and whatnot yeah. that uh, that I've been doing. Cool, and uh, also a mug. So those are all all there the you things you get. So yeah, so it's a it has a value of over three hundred and forty dollars. Right. So that's in romaine lettuce. <laughs> that's seven seven romaine lettuce. There you go. Yeah. There you go, everyone. So yeah. Please, please so write in. Please do. Uh, and we'll give you the information on like how to contact us. But I also want to throw out the questions of the week. Okay. I've got, so, I've got some here. If you, if I, if I can, if I can do it this week, unless you love, love it, go for it. Unless you have like a, a one you want to ask. So I'll, I'll, if you, if you wait, maybe. 
<laughs> now I'm feeling like I'm being a pig, so... No, you're not. I normally do them because, you know, we get to the end of the show and you haven't got one. So. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, go for it. Hit, hit me. Hit okay. me. Okay, so here, here they are, everyone. This question... Okay. So we already, we've already thought of one, but this one, the first one is, uh, tell us about a food that you only like in other food. So we're talking about tomatoes. Yeah, But there's call. other things, too, where people have, like... You know, I don't know, mushrooms, olives, things like that, where you you don't like them in real, in like just by themselves, but you like them mixed into things. So that's something that could be fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. The other thing was I was sort of inspired by Todd's project and, and my trilopathon, but I'd like uh, to hear about other people's monomaniacal projects where you've just sort of like just done one thing for a while. Just, you know, maybe you went through like a Beatles phase where you just only listen to Beatles and Beatles, solo Beatles and just to listen to them in chronological order or whatever, or just whatever. That, that'd be kind of fun to know about. And then the third one, which is we talked about earlier in the show, which is that um, a horror movie that you think the remake was better than the original. So there you go. I like it. Those are three questions, everyone. And if you want to send us those questions, here's how you do. You can email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That's good old-fashioned email, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Or you can just go to our webpage, which is sneakydragon.com. There you'll find uh, every episode of the show, and underneath every episode is a message board. Hey, just post there. Couldn't be simpler. Boom, (laughs) right there. Will we respond to you? Maybe. Could be. And I'll probably end up reading it uh, in this voice, which is kind of falling (laughs) apart at the end of an episode. Because uh, for some reason, my voice is falling apart during this whole thing. It's not coronavirus. It's just, you know, I'm just not talking as much as I uh, used to. Um, you can also go to our uh, Twitter, which is uh, sneaky underscore dragon. That is at sneaky underscore dragon. Or, of course, we're on Facebook, sneaky dragon or Tumblr, sneaky dragon.tumblr.com. We are also on what the kids call Patreon. What's that mean? I'll tell you. If you like this, you're like, how can I show my support? How do I show my love? First of all, you can send us a bunch of Australian candy. That's the best way. (laughs) If you're not Australian, if you don't have access to Australian candy, then here's what you can do. You can go to patreon.com slash sneaky dragon, and you can do like a regular kind of donation towards the show, uh, like two bucks, five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever you feel comfortable with. And that keeps things going because we have to pay a little money to uh, do this. Uh, We don't want to like charge uh, people really for it, but you know, it helps us out. So uh, patreon.com or just go to the app. Uh, patreon.com slash sneaky dragon or enter sneaky dragon on the app and it's uh, that simple and we'll go uh, hey thanks we'll say and uh, you'll go hey it's no problem and we'll go that's cool of you and we'll go like yay you're aces I'd hug you if uh, we were allowed to but we're not <laughs> and I'm like I know so stay on the other side of that glass and I'm like I will and that's how it'll go uh, until this uh, new normal is, uh, is over um, <laughs> which you know hopefully will be in the next little while Wow. So, uh, is there anything else uh, that you want to talk about this uh, fine day, Dave? No, I can hear that your voice is going now. <laughs> first, a little bit. First, uh, I was I like, say... first, I was like, oh, it's not going. It sounds fine, but now I hear your. Yeah, if you uh, if you want to see what I've been kind of up to lately, I've been doing a Linda Berry uh, making comics course. Uh, part of which is uh, doing a journal entry every day where I have to do an illustration. And if I'm not completely ashamed of that illustration, I've been putting them up on Instagram. Uh, so if you go to uh, Instagram, Ian Boothby, uh, you'll see uh, that uh, interspliced with uh, things I'm baking. <laughs> um, it's basically baking and then uh, autobiographical uh, uh, drawings of what I've been up to that day. So if you want to see any of that business, uh, that's what I that's what I've been doing. 
Uh, you can see uh, a couple I... of drawings of me as Batman, uh, <laughs> one of which per- picking up prescriptions from the drugstore, walking yeah. my cat, yeah. lying on the blanket in the backyard, and such things. Yeah, they're all great, by the way. I, love, I love your drawings, so you're, it's always great to see it, you. It's been, it's been fun. I stopped meditating, and it's just a nice thing to kind of do in the morning is just get up, and I'll do a couple of the uh, – I do like an index card drawing that's like a random image that is suggested kind of by the book. And then I'll do uh, the journal entry and uh, and uh, do the drawing. And it's it's been a nice way to kind of start the day. And so, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how this goes. So um, what was I going to say? Uh, you stopped, So you said you stopped me- meditating. Just mm. just not feeling it right now or – yeah, I wasn't really feeling it right yeah. now with the uh, with the quarantine. I think yeah. uh, things kind of went out of balance because I wasn't able to like you know go to normal things like swimming and exercising sure, and sure. shows, and so it just felt in the mornings I, d- I just wasn't really up for after doing a bunch of nothing. Yeah, sitting, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. So this is this feels kind of practical, but it's also reflective and just uh, sure. takes me to uh, I think a good place. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll just see uh, you know. Let's see, see how it goes, and uh, keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe that's my 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 um answer from now to people who like you know want me to try contemplative prayer and things is just you know what I like to read. That's that's my that's my time to you know not think of anything. Just my mind is somewhere else, and yeah. I just want to say actually say one more thing about the J.K. Rowling please thingy because uh, this is interesting. So now there's a Canadian folk band called the Weird Sisters. And in 2005, Warner Brothers offered them um, $5,000 Canadian, later $50,000 Canadian, for the rights to use their name in the film version of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Because Rowling had written a scene in the novel in which a band called the Weird Sisters, now the Canadian one is spelt with a Y, and the Rowling's one was spelt with a, in the, the actual word weird. But she had wrote a scene where a band called the Weird Sisters appeared at a school dance, and the group owned the rights to the name in Canada. So they're for the 50 grand. That's pretty good, right? Okay. Just to use your name for a movie. Okay. That's pretty good. Sure. As Not... long as you get to keep using it for your things too, sure. Okay. It doesn't really say that. But however, the, the offer was declined and instead the band undertook a legal action against Warner Brothers, as well as Jarvis Cocker of Pulp, Johnny Greenwood and Phil Selway of Radiohead, who were to play the band in the film. Mm. So the, then the movie, dis- or the, the producers just abandoned the whole idea of using the name at all in the movie because this is like a lot of trouble. So, but even though that happened, the band still filed a forty million dollar lawsuit against Warner Brothers in Ontario, and then they tried to bring a, an injunction against uh, trying to prevent the film from being released. But then that injunction was was dismissed. Thank goodness, because this is ridiculous. The entire suit was dismissed as uh, the judge decreed that the band uh, called the lawsuit highly intrusive and ordered the band to pay the Warner Brothers one hundred forty thousand dollars. I know. Uh, apparently, the group uh, claimed that they planned to appeal the decision, but I don't know, unless there's some sort of, unless the judge made a mistake, but it's pretty hard to appeal decisions that judges make because, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, and I guess Jarvis Cocker had plans to release an album of music, like as the Weird Sisters, uh, with collaborations with Franz Ferdinand, Jack White, and Iggy Pop, but then the whole project was dropped because of all this this trouble. Yeah. But it feels like... Man, you were offered fifty thousand dollars, and as long as you could just keep using your name, as long as you can keep using your name, yeah, just take that money and walk away. But to to try and get forty million dollars, I mean, that's just crazy. I mean, they're just yeah. they're just using your name. Like it was not even your name. It's just like 
a version of weird. Like, like your weird is weird. Like you're doing like some sort of like weird version of weird. And then there's a normal version of weird, which is what Rowling used. And I, I don't know. It just feels like that was just like some people, you know, had like lottery winnings. Like, a, you know, this is a chance to win the lottery. We got to like go for this, you know? If, uh, yeah, it's like uh, they had those those Hobbit movies. And I'd say there were some sneaky dragons in those movies. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. We lost Mr. Chance. If only we were yeah, doing the, sh- and, and doing the show there. Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones as well. Sometimes yeah. that's a dragon sneaking around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, this is dumb. This is dumb on our part. We're, uh, not, we're not making enough money. We got to just, yeah, we got to come up with some crazy names for uh, podcasts that then will be probably show up in Marvel movies and or Star Wars movies. Ah. Like, uh, like, like we just do a podcast called Force Force Push <laughs> and uh, Force Push. It's like, what's it about? It's uh, where we rank doors yeah. uh, that, you, that you have to push. Okay. But now okay. we won't. We won't rank doors that you have to pull. Okay. <laughs> and uh, how much force is used? Yeah, yeah. And then when when they do their uh, next one, like someone does a force push, we go, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, 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 wait. But wait, but doesn't got that domain name? Doesn't it already exist though? What the force push? Like, is it already a thing in 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 the force, or is it not being used? What side are you on? <laughs> not at all. Just, just what are you doing? I just don't want to end you're, up. You know, these these things can be real. Uh, a real Dave, Dave, we need to talk about this off air. We've oh, got to talk okay. about this off. Okay. We'll Everyone, thanks so much for listening to Sneaky Dragon. <laughs> this is not stuff you talk about on air. I'm sorry. Uh, I shouldn't have... What's no, it's a conversation. It's just to try it's to have a... You know Listen. I'm no lawyer, but I play one on a podcast. You're making me turn into a murder hornet. I'm getting so upset. Thank you so much for listening. Everyone stay safe. And we love you guys. All right. So back to me talking to Dave. Dave, He's trying to, you know. It's my money, man. So anytime you want to go, you may go. Okay.